Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming out of SideQuest Studios, this is The Simpsons Index, episode 107. Hello out there, I'm your host, Elliot J. O'Neill, and joining me in SideQuest Studios today is BT Calloway. 107 comes great after 106. And joining us for the very first time is brand new guest, Sins D. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. We're excited to have you, Sins, for The Simpsons Index. This is the podcast where we watch and review three episodes of The Simpsons at a time, but there's a twist. Each episode must come from a different decade. And so, Sins, you're joining us for the first time today. You used to go to uni with us, and that's how we met you. And Yeah, yeah. I'm very excited, and uh, it's very strange to be talking into a microphone instead of singing into it, so <laughs> looking forward to that. Well, maybe we can uh, get your singing skills a bit later, because, yeah, we just watched a very musical episode as well, and I wanted to bring this episode especially to you today because you are a big fan of the Flight of the Concords, yeah? I sure am, yeah. I was very excited when I first heard Jermaine's voice mm-hmm. come up over the strange looking guy that looked like he was from Oasis. <laughs> um, I went, oh, yes. So it was good. Yep, but before we get into that episode, I'm doing this all in the wrong order. Mm-hmm. So let's t- briefly talk about your Simpsons history. Where did the Simpsons begin with you? For me, the Simpsons history was definitely something that's been there forever. Mm-hmm. So I remember not being allowed to watch it, mm. but my dad was watching it. So I would just sneak into the room and continue watching it anyway, probably since I was about three. So <laughs> oh, wow. I've been watching it, yeah, since I was about three. And then I guess I stopped in high school when the episodes got a little bit mm-hmm. strange and they took it off mainstream television for a while as well. So, Well, I'll remember that being one of the things we bonded over in uni is, yeah, Simpsons quotes, of course, <laughs> like a lot of people do. But it's interesting with you that you were banned from it, yet your parents were still watching it. Often we find that people yeah. were, that were banned from watching it because the parents hated it. Yeah, well, my mum didn't like it, but if dad was home and looking after us, then that's what he was watching and (laughs) that's what we got to watch. I I find it fascinating how many people for whom it was contraband. I love that. And now now it's gone from contraband to contrabland. Oh. Ooh, sparkling wordplay. (laughs) (laughs) Feel that shimmer. Mm. BT with the cutting criticisms even before I've announced what episode we're doing. (laughs) Maybe it's time for me to do that. All right, so we just watched an episode from the HD era. This was season 22, episode one, Elementary School Musical, which I'll point out was also the title of a South Park episode where they did an elementary school musical. Huh. South Park did it first, two years <laughs> wow. earlier. Wow. South Park did it. And first released in September of 2010. It was directed by Mark Kirkland, written by Tim Long. Mm. In this episode, I'm not sure which is the A and B story, but the main story is that Lisa goes to this musical artist camp, which is run by the Flight of the Concords. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They don't use their real names, but you can tell it's them. (laughs) And in the other story, Krusty gets a Nobel Prize, but it turns out to be a ruse that he's over in Norway answering for crimes against humanity or something? It was Holland, yeah. Holland. Right. Whoops. Sorry. And for some reason, Bart and Homer are along for that journey with him. Hey, what'd you think? Not much, is what Mm. I thought. Not much at all. Well, I actually quite enjoyed it from a standpoint that I hadn't watched The Simpsons with people that like The Simpsons for quite a while. Yeah. Um, Being in my new household where living with my brother as an adult and not having someone that to sort of giggle with. Yeah. um, Mm -hmm. I actually didn't mind it. I thought there was a couple of interesting little gags in there and I um, enjoyed The Flight of the Concords. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought... This would be the best possible audience to bring this episode to you for you because you are a fan. I'm not so much, but I do like them, but yeah. I'd, I'd never really got into Flight of the Concords. What about you, Beach? 
I yeah, no, I like him well enough. Like I said, stuff like what we do in the shadows and Wellington Paranormal, which is coming from the same creative team, mm. is definitely worse. I think they it's good that they've evolved because musical comedy has a very strict roof, and very few people can keep it going for very long. But no, I enjoy them well enough. Yeah, I will say the one thing I did love about the Fly of the Concords show was always their manager, played by Reese Darby, mm. and I'm like so stoked that he has sort of become a breakout star in recent years. Yeah. But yeah, you loved the show and had all the albums. And Look, to be honest, I didn't even watch a huge amount of the show. I was more into the music and, mm-hmm. and yeah. the comedy that you get from from basically trying to do it yourself as well, from yeah. having a bit of a sing-along with it. It can sure. be quite, well, for a musician that's, that's a singer, it's quite challenging, some mm-hmm. of the things they do. And, you know, I married a Kiwi, so I quite like the <laughs> Kiwi humour. <laughs> yeah, and I think Flight of Concord specifically, a lot of musical comedy relies on, like, the lyrics itself to be the joke and after mm. you've heard it once it loses impact whereas for them i think a lot of it came from the delivery and their style of it yeah well there was one song that they did which was like a big massive parody of david bowie and i quite enjoy that bowie in space yeah yeah and the way they just sort of go spiders like <laughs> yeah it's like so on there's point. a great one where they're doing uh, lord of the rings and it's like we'll never make it we made it. And I always have that in my head anytime something stupid happens. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, let's get into the questionnaire. Cindy, for better or worse, what is one moment from this episode that stands out to you? I really liked the end, which we meant what are we talking about right now. But no, no, we talk about it all out of order. It's fine. All right, good So I really liked that there was a little bit of a circle story in there. The Flight of the Concords characters talked about being sandwich artists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's actually from the Flight of the Concords song, they do a song called Inner City Pressure. Oh yeah. So I found that that was a very it was it was a little bit close to that that idea that if they're a sandwich artist and they drop it on the floor they can eat it. I did like that he drops it on the floor and you can't remember exactly the line but it was something like good work mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, good one. yeah, with the very obvious oops. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I yeah. can't do the accent. A <laughs> friend in the fridge. Oops. <laughs> what? BT, what is in the moment from this episode that stands out to you for better or worse? What I'm going to bring up is a very mild but I think pertinent criticism. When Krusty is getting onto the airplane, they're playing the itchy and scratchy thing yes. being sung by a bunch of Marines. Krusty doesn't own Itchy and Scratchy. That's a different studio. Yeah, it'd be like if Agro from Agro's Cartoon Connection was getting a military parade and they just started singing the themes. X-Men theme or yeah. something. Yeah, it's like this is, you know, a thing they, he presents. He doesn't own it. And so, yeah, it's, uh, no, Actually, like I do want to see a chorus of people singing da 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 And also check out the Japanese version. It's also awesome. Really? But different, yeah. Sick. You could drop a little bit here. That'd be great. But yeah, it's just, it's, uh, why have it as well? Because it just took so long to do and there's no actual joke there. Except no, with Homer going, they fight and bite, I learned something new all the time. That was stupid as fuck. No, I think it was they meant to be adding prestige to the moment, but, you know, as a alt.nerd.obsessive, <laughs> I noticed that this made no sense and it pissed me off. Yeah. Yeah, I found that Homer was the least valuable player in this episode, and I'm going to say that's the moment of the story that stood out to me, which was Homer doing the extended laughing joke at Krusty's Arctic Circle, that's where my wife, for the yeah. purpose of this joke, I'm married. See, to me, that was the joke, and mm. then Homer's extended laugh sort of... 
Well, I will give a bit of credence to the extended laugh just because it became the plot line. Like, it mm. wasn't just... If they had just gone with Homer laughing forever and that was meant to be what we were laughing at, that would have been stupid as fuck. But the fact that Crosby goes, you laugh at everything, you're coming with me. Yeah. Because it became a plot point, I hated it less. I actually do remember a lot of that kind of joke happening in the early Simpsons mm. as well. I think yeah. it's definitely a throwback to what the old episodes were like, but I think it's lost its charm. Yeah, and there's a way to do it as well. Like, we just did uh, the one where Marge becomes a cop, where we've got Homer doing the out-of-breath bit for, like, you know, he catches up to her and the police guy gets out and he's like, Stunny. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Still out of breath. But, I mean, that's funnier because they've used it for a purpose as well. Like, Well, it's funny you mentioned the whole break because, yeah, the initial joke was that Homer ran two blocks and still couldn't keep up. Yeah. And then when the police picked him and brought him to March later, he was still gasping. See, in this one, they divided the joke by having the bouncing in the limo gag, which... Really awkward. Like, <laughs> And not necessary at all. I think it was just a random little piece of that they put in to fill time yeah. more than anything. And, and it was like, hey, for about a second and a half, you're going to think Homer and Crossy are fucking <laughs> comedy. Yeah, so like, there's a fine enough misdirect, I guess, when Homer's just like having fun bouncing in the limo, you know, mm. childlike wonder of him, you know, envy of us all. But that they then chose that moment to bring him laughing again again and he goes, oh, I just got it. Like, yeah, uh, like, if we're going to look at Homer gasping for air and compare that to this one, yeah, there's... Yeah, there are things to be written about that. I would happily put together a PowerPoint presentation about it. Yeah. However, let's move on. But what you were saying, Sydney, like, it is right. Like, the rate gags from fucking the Sideshow Bob episode, mm. you know, I think that goes for, like, a good minute and a half. <laughs> and it's just an overused thing, you know? Yeah. It doesn't matter what cartoon you're watching now. They all do it. Yeah. I think it's a bit of a... It's something that needs to be moved past. Well, uh, just the extended hitting on the one point thing, mm. like, it can be done well. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of Family Guy anymore, but fuck me that... Uh, <laughs> ah! <laughs> that bit gets me every time and it goes for the perfect amount of way too long. Yeah. Like, and I don't know definitively what the scientific breakdown of that is, but anyway, play count. How many times before today have you seen this episode? Zero. I have seen it the never. Oh, wow. This is the first time for you as well. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen this, I think, three. This will be my third time. Congratulations. <laughs> and let's talk about some of the wacky elements in this episode. So, like cartoony moments. What stood out to you from that? The only really wacky thing that I wrote down, and it's not really the cartoon sphere, but I found it very strange that when she came back to school, they started playing God Save the Queen. Mm. And they're American. She tries to make it more interesting with her saxophone solo or whatever it might be. But, oh, um, no, that was my country tis of thee, wasn't it? Yeah, but I'm just trying to now think of what's the difference God between the two. save our gracious queen, long live our liberty, someone's getting copyright infringement. Wow, <laughs> this is one of those twinkle twinkle little yeah. star alphabet Johnny uh, No Sugar Cause I, yeah, songs. Yeah, because I went to correct you, I'm like, wait a second, are they the same? <laughs> it's the same song. So there you go, we've discovered something. And it's actually the Canadian mounted yaksman from Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> A country reeks of trees. Ah, yaks are really large. <laughs> oh, wow. It's a tri-country um, song rip-off. Yep. <laughs> the Canadian mounted yaksman. <laughs> but the other wacky thing, like the whole bruise for Krusty to face court-martial in Holland, like this just didn't make sense to me. No, and like the charges against him were like plagiarism or something. That it was just very. I know weak. he threw threw a monkey off the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, was one yeah, of them. Fair. Vomited in a baby carriage. 
We have extradition laws for this kind of thing. <laughs> if you trip the Pope, the United States is probably going to extradite you. <laughs> Two Australian guys decided to have a barbecue on the Eternal Flame underneath the Arc de Triomphe oh. in France, and their passports have been taken off them, and they're never allowed, allowed to leave the country again. It was kind of funny because they were trying to cook sausages on the yeah. Eternal Flame, but oh an incredible God. insult to... Oh, yeah. A, a weird you know. mix of disgustingly Australian and just disgusting. So, exactly right. Uh, you know, as our national crest says, be a sick cunt, don't be a shit cunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, yeah, what Krusty has done is pretty amateur level compared to an average travelling Australian, but... <laughs> Come on, we kick this guy's ass. <laughs> I will say, it's not... Again, the wackiness here is not... Stuff that can't happen. It's just stuff that wouldn't. So there's a good little bit where Lisa just listens to some This American Life. It's like, now, now condiments in five parts. Yep. First, mustard. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. yeah, special guest star of the episode, Ira Glass, playing himself in that moment. And yeah. Yeah. I also, I just enjoy NPR voice. Yeah. <laughs> there was one part where the Flight of the Concords did fly. That's true. At the very end of the episode. So I guess ah, there's, yep. there's something that's cartoon world that can't happen. Mm-hmm. But again, it was a bit of a nonsense yeah. Put it in there because it is, or I guess it's funny because they're called the Flight of the Concords. Yep. Uh, so isn't that the cover of like one of their albums or something? Is they're flying in that same pose? I think it is. Um, the other bit of wacky is the city's pretty gritty for a nitty bitty pretty girl. Yeah. So that's the things that I like that Flight of the Concords do is, yeah, playing with words and, yeah, mixing them around. And, yeah, that song was catchy in the end, but mostly nonsense before that. Uh, yeah, and also Marge is driving and there's a highway sign that says, the most monotonous highway in America. Yeah. There was another good sign gag, actually, when Lisa does go to the city and there's two shops there, the Cockfight Supply Store and the alarm car alarm testing site. I did. I like car alarm testing. So. <laughs> uh, there's a bit of stupid whack. Oh, where yeah. Where in the Flight of the Concord's second song, when they're at Lisa's at their apartment, they start playing guitars, but the piano is playing. Oh. And it's like, oh, yes, I noticed who the fuck too. thought this was what? <laughs> Uh, and actually, when Mo's playing at the end, uh, mm. he's like doing way too much fretting, and he only you only hear two chords. He's just really good. <laughs> mm, I suppose that's a that's a criticism of a musician, though. That's not mm. necessarily something that most yeah. people would notice. We have a section on this show called Jordan's Anal Corner. Jordan's Anal Corner. You have to yell it. It's important. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I suppose I can help Jordan there. Then something that bothered me as a a teacher of a young children: mm-hmm. brush your teeth, comb your hair, then have an apple. <laughs> Eat or a, a pear. pear. Yeah. It, it upset me quite uh, a lot. The, the return of Rufy. Yeah. Oh. I don't know who that is, but I just thought that it was out of order and mm. that's not how we do it and you rotting children's teeth and that upset me mm-hmm. quite a lot. So He's in le- he's in league with Big Dental, so you got to... Oh, yeah. that's how they do it. Yeah. Of course. Everything is a conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, like the Wiggles, like... Yeah, trying to like boost potato sales with hot potato. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're in bed with big starch. You, you look up the sales after that song came up. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Rufy, he was in like a season 15 episode. Maggie was all obsessed with him. The famous song, one, two, tie your shoe, three, four, pick, pick up, up the, the floor, floor. Uh, five, six, don't play tricks, seven, eight, clean your plate, nine, ten, start over again. Uh, somewhere Danny Rosewell was rolling around in his grave, which he shouldn't <laughs> be in yet. <laughs> I bought you that for the future, man. Get out of it. <laughs> You're ruining it. I know. It's special. It's waiting. So, I guess, like, the musical moments as well are especially wacky. Like, and I thought the worst one by far was the fucking Good Vibrations parody. Yeah. Agreed. And I did do an eye roll. I think I physically went, ugh. Yeah. yeah. I literally sort of, oh, okay, we're singing now. <laughs> yeah. It was a, oh, here we go. It's a musical. Yeah. But it didn't actually eventuate into the musical. 
that I was expecting. Yeah. I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I was expecting a little more yeah, covers of pop songs, i.e. high school musical, rather than um Well, yeah, the people singing in that were actually three of the stars from Glee. So yeah, this episode is loaded with guest stars. There was Leah Michelle, Corey Monteith, and Amber Riley, who were all were in that Glee show. And yeah, they were the voices of this school camp and this musical moment here. I had no idea, and I will continue to not know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a shame that they used Leah Michelle in such a small way then, because she really is a very uh, recognisable mm-hmm. kind of voice and character, and she's kind of, you know, in that idea of when uh, Phoebe from Friends was on, she's got that really recognisable voice, and she probably could have gone a lot further, especially with Lisa's character. Yeah. So it's a bit of a shame that they used her in such a small way. Yeah, it is really weird that they had one musical cast set up and then ditched it entirely for a different musical cast set up. Yeah, yeah, because it started out being an episode of Glee and then it turned into the Flight of the Concords. Yeah, which I would prefer Flight of the Concords, but it's also weird to, yeah, have one stylistic parody in the chamber and then remove that chamber and pick up a different one. And yeah. Like, wait, wait, why? Which I'll say is what South Park did superior in their elementary school musical because, yeah, they went full force and did a big, like episode all about the high school musical craze and yeah also just quick side question are we on the south park index oh no, no. sorry i <laughs> <laughs> was talking about family guy before as well yeah fucking, damn it <laughs> can't be comparing it to other things only other simpsons <laughs> yeah but yeah the good vibrations thing a lot bugged me about this like i don't know it just seemed like really lazy rhyming mm. oh the pearls you wear the star shaped yeah and yeah um they rhymed 12 with there they don't rhyme <laughs> You'll be in cabin 12. You'll be very happy there. Pick another number. <laughs> One that rhymes with things. How about some of the heart moments? Some of the things that get you in the emotions? Well, this is mostly where I want to scissor kick the episode in the face <laughs> because it really fucks up the whole concept. Basically, the whole message is don't be an artist. You never get paid. Mm. And my real problem with that is most people who love art and do it don't do it with the intention of getting famous. Sure, they would like to be able to make a living from it, but you do it because you love it and you part of you has to accept there's a good chance you're never going to get a dime for it, but yeah. you do it anyway. And I wanted that to be the message, not this, oh, Lisa, it sucks being an artist. Maybe you shouldn't do it after all. That's like that's the whole thing. There's no, look, we don't make any money. We just want to pretend to be a big shot. And then maybe Lisa has the revelation of, but I do it because I want to. I'm not going to give it up just because I'm never going to make a living from it. Mm. You know, or some, just something else. But the literal heart of this moment is she goes to the big city. She finds out these guys are actually subway employees who you know, play for no one and don't even know what applause is and they're miserable Mm. and that's it. (laughs) Yeah, that joke I hated because they went to art camp, like surely there were applause anyway. Yeah. Well, I think the fact that she got to art camp was a bit of a heart moment Mm. because as she did say, she's got terrible middle child syndrome Mm -hmm. and that's understandable because as she does say, Bart gets to do everything and go wherever he wants and Maggie gets the rest. So the fact that she was actually thought about during that time, I suppose can be a bit of a heartfelt moment and the fact that she went somewhere that was so written and made for her mm-hmm. yeah. was a really big part of that. And even though it's quite a weak, small part of the story, mm. I think at least I also, there was a little bit of heart in there. I also well, appreciate yeah. how quickly we got into this one as well. Like, we go straight from the weird, Homer's, kids, it's 4am, you're supposed to be in bed a half hour ago. Then we get Nobel Prize, Krusty's getting sent to Europe, Homer goes with him, Bart goes with Homer. This is all within the first, like, two, three minutes. It's very quick, which is good. At least at this point, I was like, okay, so we've already established things. Obviously, there's so much content, we had to just speed right to it. Yeah. Well, that's the other weird thing. They broadcasted Krusty winning, so like, 
this ruse was on like a massive level. Oh, yeah. Like international ruse. Surely it'd be cheaper to have to extradite him. Yeah. <laughs> Again, there are laws for this. <laughs> there was a funny, nice line when they were watching the Nobel Prizes, though, when he said that, um, oh, next up, the Nobel Peace Prize. I'd kill for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so Homer. <laughs> so Homer. And just a perfect little classic giggle moment where you kind of, if you're not paying attention, you miss the line. And that, yep. yeah. that's the thing I miss about old Simpsons. If you're not paying attention, mm-hmm. you missed it. Whereas now they're like point at the line and go, did you get it? We'll repeat it. Don't worry. Yeah, it speaks to the heart of this episode that we've moved on from it so quickly. But yeah, I agree with you, Cindy, actually, that Marge was like very heartfelt in this episode, you know, and especially the way she didn't forget Maggie either. Gave her a little pacifier. And then Maggie thought it was a cigar. Yeah, she just sliced a little tip off. And then, yeah, no, I thought that was fine. It was like, especially when she like kind of smelled it the way you smell like a cigar. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah, definitely. I think Marge is definitely mm-hmm. the most self-sacrificing and the most selfless of the characters. And I mm. think the most redeeming qualities come from really the female characters a lot oh, yeah. in The Simpsons. Yeah. And that's where the big heart moments come from. And yeah, it's a shame that she wasn't sort of used more in the ending of this episode. Well, just actually both storylines were just directionless after a while. It's like, Lisa doesn't learn anything or go anywhere or do anything new. She's just all like, no, I missed the place where I was being nurtured. It's like, well, you know, do something now. Like plenty of people weren't nurtured and managed to do things because they weren't getting what they needed. They created something instead. And then Krusty's whole plot line just ends. Like, I can't even remember what happened. He was like, has to prove that he's made some kind of contribution to Western culture. And he does that by, well, I, I literally can't even remember what it was. Vuvuzela me out of here. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, and then three days later, Nelson Mandela was released. Like, how are those things related? I, I, I really don't know how they linked the two. Like, yeah, they're just, so Krusty did this thing. And then three days later, a completely unrelated event happened. I guess you the, have to release him. Like, what? I guess the joke on that is that there's so much in this world that that random stuff happens. Yeah. Like that. Butterfly you know, effect. That butterfly effect of. Well, it's not true, but you know, if you look into the media now, like all you need to do is look at who's running yeah. America right now, and you go, "What series of events could possibly have made this <laughs> How happen?" How did we get here? Let's backtrack. What happened here? Okay, uh, in just in the weakest possible terms, though. Not when you're telling a story. Real life is random and chaotic and full of bullshit, where people who shouldn't get things get things. But in structured story, you need to have a cause to effect. So maybe if someone there was deafened by the Vevisuelas or whatever the fuck they're called. Vuvuzela. Whatever. I don't want to get it right. <laughs> uh, and then that person was meant to be on, I don't know, Nelson Mandela's committee hearing, but he couldn't hear properly. So he ever, I don't know. I'm not here to write your fucking shit, but you know, just give us some kind of cause to effect between Krusty just leaving the stage and all of a sudden Nelson Mandela's free. It's like, the fuck? Yeah. Oh, then leading to that crossing. I want some victory weed. Where can I get it? The courthouse cafeteria. Meet me there. These wacky European countries. I'll melt the hash down and inject it into my eyeballs. That's a bit poorly researched as well because it's such a, you know, Amsterdam's the only place that really Mm. is that keen on having that kind of cafe or coffee shop, as they call it, and really... Not really... The rest of them hate it. Go anywhere else in Holland and they really don't, really not into that culture. It's very interesting to see that. Mm -hmm. And also so inefficient a way to get high as well. You know, smoke it, eat it, do not inject it into your eyeballs, please. If you take away one thing from the Simpsons Index podcast episode 107, do not inject hash into your eyeballs. If you take away one thing from all 107 episodes, (laughs) it's do not inject weed into your eyeballs. (laughs) And also, I love it. An instrument that you hate so much, Beach, that not only will you not own it, you won't even pronounce it. No, it doesn't deserve that amount of respect. You know? Like President Toomph. (laughs) Um, So ultimately, though, guys, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? 
How, felt like a hastily cobbled together, almost correct episode. Hey, look, it, it started with something completely random and went somewhere that we mm. weren't expecting. And I think that's what The Simpsons does quite well. Yeah. Probably better than any other series yeah. around. And I, it did do that. And I think it did have that little bit of a circle story within it. Yeah. If I shut off the negativity for a minute, no one is acting dramatically out of character or even mildly out of character. The situation yeah. they're in is dumb. And the way it progresses is stupid, but the characters themselves are themselves. Except for Homer, who is extra strength stupid. Yeah, and sort of Bart was kind of superfluous in the story as well, which yeah. for a crusty, get crusty yeah. out of trouble story. He was pretty much there to just go, wait a second, this isn't the Nobel Peace Prize country that I forgot, Oslo. Yeah. He was actually quite intelligent in that little place. Yeah. yeah. Where's all the architecture? Mm. Yeah. He, I don't even think he could use some of those words that he said, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. Yeah, but like all the Simpsons characters, yeah, I agree, they're mostly themselves. But yeah, it's one of these things where the Simpsons show has sort of been dictated by the guest stars that they've brought in. And High School Musical for half an act or Glee or whatever. And then it was a Flight of the Concords show for more than ha- half of it. Like, it's sort of one of these weird things where you just see the comedic styles don't quite mesh. Yeah. And I feel like even in that Flight of the Concord song, the What is an Artist or whatever, mm-hmm. like when Lisa was dropping her verses, it felt really awkward and out of place. Yeah. I guess if you're looking at it that way, from someone that does like Flight of the Concords, they are really awkward and out of place. Yeah. So I guess that's part of, the, that's the gag. There's a different version of their awkward compared to trying to mesh the Simpsons comedy kind of into it awkward. Yeah. It's like the bit where he's going, this is what I'm doing now, I'm freestyling, basically just making stuff up, freestyling. That's the, they're kind of awkward. Mm. Yeah. Although I did like the bit where they were like stage whispering. It's all right. I don't think she can hear us. We're stage whispering. I can hear you. <laughs> yeah. No, that was really cute. But like, I don't know. I guess Lisa also really struggles with the song moments because yeah. like she sounded out of key in the good vibrations thing as well. Yeah. It's hard for Yardley Smith to sing in that voice. So. Yeah. Not my key. But yes or no, would you watch it again? Yes. I, I I would watch a like supercut of the Slide of the Concords bits. Yeah, I'm not that keen to revisit this one. But BT, what would you like to change about this episode? Mostly just the third act of both plot lines. So yep. give either one a point. Neither one is particularly strong at this point, but I kind of like the idea that Crossy has to prove he's made some kind of contribution, even though that wouldn't remove his crimes, but whatever. But gives us something, even if he's got like some criticism of... I'm an American comedian. Stealing other people's ideas is our art. Mm. That would have at least been a kind of a, hey, I see what you did. Yeah. And just Lisa's thing, have her go through the discovery, because there's a very big problem, I think, in Western culture, especially in relation to arts, of, oh, yeah, if you're so good at it, why aren't you getting paid? Yeah. Whereas, you know, the acceptance of, you know, art is not about making money, especially if you care about it, it's about doing what you love. And payment is nice you know, if you can get it on top of that. Mm. Yeah, so. it sort of feels weird for a show that, you know, is art. Yeah. <laughs> being so, like, cynical about being an artist. Like. Yeah, exactly. And just, you know, give her some kind of closure or anything. Because literally the end of her story is, don't be an artist, it sucks. Yeah, but they also have the poster at the end. Yeah, but so what? Yeah. Like, they've told her, don't be an artist, it sucks. Look, we're great at painting, now we have to go work at Subway. Mm-hmm. You know. And spill sandwiches. And sp- mm, nice one. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Sins? What would you like to change? I honestly think, in the spirit of what it used to be, it would have been nice to see a little bit more bonding between characters with Lisa mm. and the younger kids. You know, they were sitting in there and looking at the cloud formations and talking about mm. all the different things it looks like, and then they were ripped out of there. Yep. I think while both plot points could have been really good, they were 
shoved into one episode. Yeah. And I think maybe the better thing to do would have been make them both their own episode. Yeah. Because it was actually enough content in both to do that. And, you know, she was looking back at the camp and talking about all the crazy things she did. And I think that there was room for growth there. Yeah. No, I definitely meant to mention that as well. Yeah, stay in the band camp. Make her have, you know, conflict and friends within that. Learn lessons. Enemies become friends. Friends become enemies. Things. Yeah. Well, I mean, since that's a great point that, yeah, it felt like she got ripped away from the camp because we only had like one or two scenes there, like of her actually being there. And it would have been nice to see a whole act where she was at band camp, you know, first act, she's going to camp, second act, she's in camp, third, she got ripped away, like classic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even though this is kind of echoing the Homer goes to rock and roll fantasy camp, but if you compare that one to this one, yeah, he did spend a good act of that episode, you know, learning how to be rock and roll. Yeah, because again, they had the guest actors, they just yeah. didn't use them. Uh, and not utilising those amazing actors that were mm. there, and yep. yeah. you know, they can't ever get Corey Monteith back, he's dead. So... Oh, is he the dead one? He's the dead one. Oh, shit. Yeah, he's the heroin overdose guy. So it's it's wow. such a shame that, you know, they Don't had these amazing... <laughs> Good point. Sorry. It's such a shame that they had these amazing mm. guest artists and they didn't utilise them. So it's kind of is a bit of a, all across the board, a bit of a thumb to all of the... Well, yeah, because yeah. like you were saying, Leia Michelle, like in my research, I, I wasn't aware of her previously, but like she's a Broadway queen. She's like been going at it since she was 12. And Amber Riley as well. Like She's an amazing actor and singer. So, yeah, it's a shame that Lisa didn't form a bond with these kids. Yep. And yeah. A whole lot of potential just chucked. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's basically what I'd change as well. I'd piss off the Krusty story entirely. I didn't like it. I don't think it led to enough good material. And the whole ruse thing, once mm. you pick at one seam, it just falls apart. Yep. Uh, like... It started bad, it ended bad, and there was nothing of substance in the middle, so just fuck it right off. And yeah, give Lisa and Marge a bit more story. Guest stars of the episode, I think I went through them all. Oh, Stephen Hawking as well. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah a lot of dead people in this yeah. one. <laughs> Starting to become a graveyard. <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to make that as morbid as I did. <laughs> but yeah, the guest stars as well, I forgot to mention, by name, Fly the Concords, Jermaine Clement and Brett McKenzie. And- you mean Brit? Brit. <laughs> Good old Brit. <laughs> like, I remember watching Flight of the Concords and thinking, like, I like them and I'm glad that they've sort of broken out on their own and, like, mm-hmm. Ben's just this amazing composer now and, and yeah, Jermaine, yeah, holds his own in everything that he's in. Yep. Sorry, who's Ben? Oh, sorry, Brit. 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 We just did a fucking bit about Brit. <laughs> no, just, they, they, you can just fix that there. That's yep. why I thought I'd help you out. All right, BT, do you have any other notes? Just two. So the bit where it's like, okay, now one of the most difficult parts of being an artist is being heckled. So we're going to heckle you. And kids are doing plays like, your dog's dead. Ooh, yeah. ooh that's a little too much. Oh, uh, you're as lifeless as the Wellington Gardens. I don't think everyone's going to get that reference. Yeah. Plus, if they were familiar with the gardens, they'd know they're teeming with life. I really like that bit. And they are. It's beautiful. You've been? I have. You've been? Yes. <laughs> You've been? I've been. Bun. Damn. Yep. See, my New Zealand accent is and terrible. Don't really want to leave on a downer, but I kind of have to in that there's this bit where they're doing a clip from the Krusty show and he's like, ah, be nice to me. I slept with the lighting guy's wife and the light hits him and it holds on there for so freaking long. Yeah, they're doing like the electric company or something. It and was then the s- gas company, yeah. And then Spider-Man walks in. Yeah, and I mean, it would have been, okay, lol, whatever. But then they hold for like 20 seconds. Yeah. It's like, why are we still looking at this? Krusty's just on the ground. Yeah, again, I think that was a bit of a, a, a throwover to another particular 
cartoon comedy that has mm. F and G in the title. <laughs> Fucking good. Coming soon to Fox. Fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me you wouldn't watch something called fucking good. <laughs> True. All right, so time for my final notes. We saw an appearance of Simpsons' favorite Raphael, and he was a TSA hey. agent in this episode. I actually did, like, you want to come get a half bottle of water? <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, well, princess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, classic Raphael. And I liked in the Flight of the Concords song how it was, like, really into his s'mores, and he's like, yeah, take that, Mother Nature, or yeah, something. Yeah, three layers of s'mores. But the cow grazing, what do you guys think of the cow coming into this episode? I ended up liking it. Like, I didn't like the line, but then he's got the, I'm great genius, like you create milk. (laughs) (laughs) It was just that awkward enough for me to laugh at it. Mm. You can't bottle what you create. (laughs) But I I guess that I like when he says, I'll talk to the committee, and it was like them two, Stephen Hawking and the cow. What do you reckon? Should we let her ask? Yes, we're going to let you in. Mm. I forgot to mention before, but yeah, I found Stephen Hawking's appearance in this episode pretty awkward and unneeded yeah it's gotta be weird when they put him on stuff also he's he's moving his arm and it's like mm, mm. nope <laughs> not a thing he does brief history of rhyme yo anyway they had a class with andrew lloyd weber and elaine stritch like just sure. wallet making so yeah yeah, yeah it's, that's like a manatee bold joke right <laughs> sorry i'm referencing an episode of south park that was referencing an episode of family guy but <laughs> you know how they get the manatees to just select random things yeah and... it did feel like lol so <laughs> random yeah i really hated the bullies in this episode like how they were picking on lisa oh, did you go... get a fart school mm. Mm. didn't art on toilet paper i don't know it just dragged on so long like, yeah I don't know who the Bronte sisters are, but I like how Maggie just picks up really? a Brontosaurus card. Emily and Charlotte Bronte? No. No? No? Wuthering Heights? No. No? No, no? no. Oh. <laughs> Didn't do your year 12 English, obviously. Ah. Yeah. No. Journeys. Yeah. I-, I know. It's me, Athena, come home. <laughs> <laughs> that one? Uh, that Yeah, that song is based off that book, so sure. <laughs> it's horrible, though. I'll just give the you that. Song. There's actually a really good, like, power metal cover that's badass. <laughs> I was talking about the book. Oh, okay. Not my favourite. Sorry, Wuthering Heights fans. <laughs> it's alright. They, they're pretty weak. Pretty easy to beat. Yeah, the Venn diagram of Simpsons and Wuthering Heights fans, you know. <laughs> well, it's one of those texts that gets, I think, studied a lot in America. Yeah. So, we've probably made enemies today. Better <laughs> come at us, bro. Yeah. Well, the worst thing about it for me is that the only reason I read Wuthering Heights was as a bit of a sullen teenager. I really liked Twilight. And it, uh, it referenced it quite a lot. So that's how I bought a copy of that Bronte sister novel. Okay. <laughs> I read Jane Eyre because the girl I liked was her favorite book. So, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> how did that go? <laughs> did it get you any? That's the only thing that we need um, to worry about. <laughs> not, not as a direct result of, but eventually, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it didn't hurt. Use the Jane Eyre to get that dairy air. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I know these microphones are expensive. Can we drop some? (laughs) (laughs) There was a really weird extended DVD region joke as well, which Uh, I kind of liked, but I think it went on too long. And then they broke up the scene while they were waiting for the multi-region DVD player with a cuckoo clock with bashing of Hitler, which, like, Mm -hmm. again, why was this here? Just to show you that time had passed, and also they don't like Hitler. Yes. Mm, But, you know, a bit of an old joke. I mean, I'm all for bashing Hitler. Like, Yeah, bashing Hitler jokes will never not be funny. Yeah, except this one. It was, it was just unnecessary. You're kind of like, okay, why are we doing this? I get it. Time has passed. 
Yeah. And my final note is, yeah, Mo was glad that Lisa left because his song was about to get very dark. And I don't know, one line <laughs> yeah, would have been like, good. Like he plays two chords and then we cut from scene. Just start with something... Yeah, there's definitely a joke to be had there, and it's giving a single line that either starts off, how could this possibly be getting dark? Yeah. Or something just, I don't know. It is time to rank this thing! On the Simpsons Index, we rank using our six-point scale, which starts down the bottom at failure. Maybe if the episode was just meh, you give a participant, but for the good rankings, you got okay, bronze, good, silver, excellent, gold, but for the best of the very best, awesome, fantastic episodes that you're going to watch a million times, you give Cubic Zirconia. I'm going to go first, let me show you how it's done. Uh, uh, participant. I think I had enough laughs to sort of not make me fail this one, but the story's nonsense, and uh, and ultimately, I keep wanting it to be a better episode than it <laughs> is. So, you know, there was some fun to be had, but not enough for me. So, meh, participant. BT, what do you reckon? Yeah, I'm on a participant as well. There are some ideas and some jokes here that I quite like, but I just feel their execution falls really flat. And ultimately, I'm just, I was just very meh about the whole thing. All right. And Cindy? I would say bronze, actually. And the mm-hmm. reason I'm saying that, I guess, is a bit of a fan of the Flight of the Concords. So I was getting the jokes when yeah. it came to that. So I was really enjoying their scenes in particular because it was sort of bringing the Flight of the Concords in a different light. Mm-hmm. There was yeah. definitely a lot of things that could be improved on. Yeah, I did want to say at the top of this episode... Just take the Flight of the Concords, put them in a little protective bubble and hide them up in the corner because all my criticisms about this episode do not apply to them. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, so averaging out, this will be a shiny participant. This will be joining other shiny participants like All Singing, All Dancing, the songs clip show that we mm-hmm. reviewed a couple of months ago, Homer versus Dignity, where Homer gets raped by a panda, Judge Me Tender, when Mo becomes an American Idol judge, uh-huh. Marge Gamer, where Marge gets addicted to WoW, and Today I Am a Clown, where Krusty has his big uh, bar mitzvah. I almost said briss. <laughs> yeah, no. That <laughs> is a different episode. <laughs> Very different thing. That's, that's an up late at night. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And before we move on to the next episode, is that reputation justified? Is that reputation justified? We have theme musics. Mm. <laughs> Todd Vanderwerf of the AV Club. What's a Vanderwerf? It's worth a C plus in this episode. It's actually kind of like That's on pretty, par with us. Yeah. And he goes to say, I have no idea if the writers wrote new songs for the two guys in Flight of the Concords. It was said in the credits that they wrote them. So Yeah, I mean, it's very indicative of their style. So yeah. yeah. But the songs they sang were pretty weak. Similarly, bringing the Glee kids in to sing a take on Good Vibrations, that was frankly awful. Mostly just felt like an attempt to have guest stars in nothing parts so they could be promoted. Yep. Which, you know, Glee, Fox, that actually makes Mm. a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. Well, that'll about do it for this episode. Now, we are going to go to the teens era. Now, I also picked this episode for you, Cindy, because this was like sort of a meme in our group (laughs) that whenever any of us had a good idea that we didn't want anyone else to steal, what would we say? Patent pending, patent pending, patent pending. Who's this guy? (laughs) (laughs) We are going to review season 12's Pokemon. We'll be back. And we are back, and we just watched our Teens Era episode. This was Season 12, Episode 10, Pokemon. 
first released in January of Ought One. It was directed by Bob Anderson, written by Tom Martin. In this episode, Marge takes a shine to a prisoner in Springfield Penitentiary who uh, is an adept artist, and she campaigns for his release and takes him into the Simpsons' home, and he ends up doing a mural for Springfield Elementary. And in the B story, Homer takes an attempt at being a chiropractor with his <laughs> bin. Guys, what'd you think? Yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely a Marge do-gooder episode, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we are talking before, you know, how much we love Marge. This is just Marge in, uh, in spades in this episode. Oh, yeah, this is this is all the best parts of a Marge and of a person. Yeah. And of her delicious biscuits and not-so-good Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with my Sundays? <laughs> Two more bites. Is that enough? <laughs> Yeah, that's another thing that I felt like became a meme in our group. Cause it is so bizarre because they look pretty good. I, know. I just love that it's, it happens twice as well. <laughs> <laughs> you say, oh, mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I really, really, really like that it didn't sort of turn into a romance story at all. Like, no. there was never any hint that he was falling for Marge or vice versa, and it was just a story about Marge helping a person, a fellow artist. Yeah, someone she felt was too talented to be locked up, and uh, yeah, the the foibles of that. Even if he had a really good rig. Yeah. Oh. Yep. <laughs> hey, he's doing pull-ups there, and it's like, whoo someone had fun at Art Simpsons drawing work that day. Yeah. <laughs> to borrow a phrase from Hottest 100s and Thousands, he's looking like a snack. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into the questionnaire. BT, for better or worse, what is a moment from this episode that stands out to you? No, it's just there's so many like mildly quotable lines that popped up in this one that I didn't know was from this one. Yeah. I know it's not like a, what we usually talk about when we talk about standout moments, but... You know, yesterday I was literally thinking about the line of, oh, daddy, why didn't you ever hug me? You hug the mailman. (laughs) (laughs) It's just one of those dumb lines that I really like. And that was Mo dealing with his emotional pain or emotional pain. Oh, get out. You've already capped your pun game, the derriere. (laughs) You only get one funny one like every three days, right? Yeah, that's it. (laughs) I'm going to call to a reference I don't think I previously got, which was, forget it, Homer, it's Cairo Town, which is a reference to Chinatown. Yeah. Yeah, that's sort of like a weird end for that little story, though. Yeah, but that movie has a weird end. Fair enough. (laughs) But yeah, it was like a little side diversion in yeah this otherwise Marge episode. Yeah, but I mean, there's just there's so many like great little moments that I really really ended up liking from the Cairo story. Yeah, just from the whole episode, it's just full. Uh, The other one I'm going to quickly mention now is just the sound of gun cocking. (laughs) Like Marge tells a a joke, and the prisoners are all just deadpan. Then. And then later on, Skinner does the same thing. You know, the worst part is that I'm like, okay, within a prison, that doesn't make sense. Like, unless it was one of the guards. But then, yeah, it totally makes sense that someone brought a gun to a school. Uh, how about you, Cindy? What's a moment from this episode that stands out to you, for better or worse? Oh, ouch. Um, about that gun thing. It's for Americans. I, I, I agree with BT. I don't think that there was anything particularly standout-ish for me. I really like this episode. I did think straight away it was quite funny when she's trying to get Homer out of bed, yeah. and one of the buttons does say Max Power. Max Power. <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed that, and there was a little bit of a dyslexia joke in there when it was girl power, and he said it was grill power. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just Even then, it's like, we have to go to the apron expo, and then later on, uh, it wasn't for me. Too many aprons. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone, I like everyone ended up having a good time. As to <laughs> Lisa got her barbecue as murder apron. Yeah, but got his lead apron. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and, you know, we were saying it's like, yeah, one of these first act has absolutely nothing to do with the rest of the episode. Yeah, it just gets them out and driving. Prison rodeo today, Paul. Yeah. That's it. Mm. 
Yeah, go ball, toss his salad. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm going to say the moment from this episode that stood out to me was this, yeah, rodeo section where, yeah, Homer drags Lisa in front of a bull to get it to, like, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a good bit. And I like how he referenced, wait, but where's your blue shirt? Like, I don't have a blue shirt. And it's like, yeah, that's like his like B alternate outfit. You yeah. know, when you press triangle in Mortal Kombat instead of X. <laughs> you get the alternate costume. I yeah. do have a quick Jonathan Nicole. Uh, in the sense that it's not red that entices bulls. It's merely movement. And they just made the capes red for shits and giggles. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, I thought it was red. No, it's the flourish of the cape. Oh, I, I like there's this comic and, yeah, a bull's, like, setting a table and he throws out the tablecloth <laughs> and, and it's red and he makes himself mad and, yeah. Oh, yeah no, I still like the trope. <laughs> they can do some funny things with it. But, yeah, it's for everyone out there who's uh, thinking about fighting bulls or yeah. raising bulls or maybe if you've got a hilarious sitcom idea where you live with a bull yeah, and you work together in a china shop. <laughs> call me Fox. I'm full of ideas. <laughs> I can hear the candor audience laughter now. But yeah, I thought like this rodeo is actually, when you break it down, a weird way to introduce a character who is an artist. Yeah, but I mean, it gets us, it gets our foot in the door. Yeah. It's something, it's a reason for them to be at the prison. It's something Homer would absolutely go, cool thing, pull in straight away. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it was Jack, but one of the prisoners, Bob Dylan, wrote a song to keep him in no, prison. No, it was Jack. Yeah. It, it was. was Jack, yes. Yeah, which is another reference I didn't get until I learned about the hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good song. Good movie. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Sad historical event. You don't know the story of the You've hurricane? You've lost me. Yeah, sorry. No, the man the authorities came to blame. For something that he never done. Put in a prison cell, but one oh, time he could have been the champion of the world. Viola solo. <laughs> anyway. Okay. It's a good no. Song. no. Yeah, anyway, there was this boxer that was unfairly prisoned and yeah. um, spent a long time in prison. And yeah, Dylan wrote like an eight minute song about it, and it's fucking excellent. Yep. Oh, okay. And I'll have was, to look it up. And Denzel. Denzel Washington is yeah. in the movie. Yeah. He eventually did get freed, but after many, many years. Yeah, someone said, yeah, caramelize his creme brulee. I thought that was an interesting line. <laughs> Play count. How many times before tonight do you think you've seen this episode? Oh, I'd say about six. Yeah? Yeah, something like that. I yeah. say half a dozen. Yeah, I'll say a baker's dozen. Yeah, not too many, but you know, I, I absolutely love season twelve. It mm. definitely has some low lights, and you can see the show falling apart. But yeah, the good episodes still great. So, how about some of the wacky moments of this episode? Well, I mean, Jack did paint a unicorn in space. I ask you, what's it breathing? <laughs> air. There's no air in space. Well, there's an air in space museum. <laughs> then throws him out. A lot, yeah, the prison guards were actually being really nice to Homer, letting him complain despite their no complaining policy. But, and the no complaining sign, most yep. importantly. There's yeah. a sign, I'm not allowed to complain. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that worked. Mm. <laughs> oh, wow. Wouldn't it be great? <laughs> Our hospitals would be so much quieter. <laughs> so few complaining. Just suck it up. I don't care that God. you've got an axe in the shoulder. Yeah, g- how about you go to the walk it off ward? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, here's two teaspoons of concrete, and maybe you can harden the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, if you should test revolts, it turns out you're a little bitch. <laughs> should I call you a wham-ulance? <laughs> I like how much material we got out of that one. That's good. <laughs> This is another one where it's not, like, full whack. I suppose Homer's spinal adjustment uh, is maybe the wackiest part. But it's great little things like, I'm having a club sandwich of pain, but with (laughs) agony for bacon. And can I have a BLT? (laughs) How would you feel if I volunteered at the prison? Well, first, I'd like a BLT. Yeah. (laughs) Just still not forgetting that as his first priority is brain. 
but then he'd be proud. And I like that it also wasn't a story about Homer getting jealous of this other guy. No. He was genuinely proud that his wife was going to do volunteer work. It's all surface, which is great because that's the story that is interesting. Having yeah. the whole love triangle bullshit would have been so annoying and boring. Like, I feel like it's even annoying for me to bring up, but we just have this so often in the HD yeah. era where, oh, there's a guy and a girl. They've obviously got to fall in love at some point. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Like, yeah, there was an awkward episode, Cindy, where, like, Marge and Flanders have a couple of will-they-won't-they moments. Yeah, and, and it's stupid as shit. Very, Ew. very not good. Not Flanders. I know. Anyone but Flanders. <laughs> <laughs> stupid, sexy Flanders. <laughs> Another great little whack, again, a great line as well. It's just, ooh, art class, la-dee-da. <laughs> ooh, solitary, la-dee-da. I like this. It kind of reminds me of the invisible typewriter bit. Fruitcake. <laughs> 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 A bit of wackiness that I didn't really like was Skinner's, when I thought Chalmers said paint a school mural, I thought he said screw Muriel. Thanks, Bruce Valanche. And then Bruce Valanche is there. Whoopi would have made it work. How? That's not a good joke. (laughs) (laughs) And also, why the fuck is Bruce Valanche writing Skinner's material? Like, uh, it just makes no sense and it just feels like, hey, Bruce Valanche was free for a line. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. I don't even know, I don't who, know it who it is. So <laughs> He's a comedian. I've just gone very quiet over here. Yeah. I saw that he was wearing a Fred Flintstone shirt yeah. and that was Again, as you can, much interesting. You can extract from context that he's some kind of writer. Is he comedian. a Hannibal Barra writer or something? <laughs> uh, he's just a comedian and a writer and I think he mostly just does writing gigs these days, like writing for people, like Whoopi Goldberg. And school principals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that... Like, it wasn't even the dig that he was, like, not doing well. I don't know. Yeah. No, it wasn't great. But there's a lot in this episode that was good that made me overlook stuff like that. Uh, What are some other good wacky moments, then? I'll be honest with you, Homer. Modern medicine kind of falls into a hole when it comes to the back. We're really focused on the front. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff up there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now, that was good, and I felt like it did make a couple of, yeah, funny enough commentaries on the whole chiropractic industry. Yeah, when he's, mm. like, first adjusts Homer's spine and goes, oh, sorry, oh, it's not cracking. Now you're going to hear a loud crack. Yeah. Mm, it's a realignment, not a crack. Mm. Ah. Yeah. And then I just said, I'm going to need to see you three times a week for many years. Yeah. <laughs> With that sly smirk as well. Yeah. Like, mm. and have you done your exercises? <laughs> of course I haven't done my exercises. Yeah, I did them when you were doing your homework. <laughs> But Cindy, as someone who's had um, experience with chiropractors and, and stuff, uh, and, oh, yes. um, does this ring true at all for you? Yeah, there's certainly a lot of cracking involved, I suppose. Um, yeah. <laughs> they definitely don't throw you over a bin, or uh, as he called it, a spino cylinder, yeah, patent, pending. patent pending. Patent pending. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that was, uh, yeah. Imagine if they accurate. did it in Australia, though, with the solo bins. <laughs> oh, ouch. <laughs> 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 for Americans, our bins are like rectangular. Yeah, not very spine-friendly. Any other wacky moments? Oh, there's so many good one-liners, I think, in this one. Yeah, mm. the rest, um, of, like, everything else I've got wacky is just a one-liner. Mm, yeah, I've got lots of people shoot up who, it's just a $100 fine now. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, he was very gentle. He stayed with me the whole time, and then the cops came, and he ran like a deer. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that, <laughs> ran like a deer. <laughs> That's very graceful. And uh, I, I love that a shapely female has no place in art. <laughs> the sh- oh, what was it? The shapely female form has no place in art. And mm. I thought that was very public school. Yeah. Perfect. Well, Skinny Boy was such a little bitch in this episode. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel for Jack in that Did moment. Did you even look at the napkin? <laughs> <laughs> I was on a roll that day. <laughs> yeah, he's like, normally Skinner is not that much of a dick, but yeah, he's really laying on thick this time. 
Yeah, I thought it was a little bit of a character break how he sort of like pivoted and tried to like put the blame on Jack. Yeah. But then I guess... Then again, that's what he does around Chalmers. He's yeah. like, you know, oh no, it wasn't my idea, it was the children's fault. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> al- always pointing the fingers, generally. Yeah. yeah, and just while we're here with wackiness, yeah, the whole Jack burning up the mural at the end. I did like how it burnt down and it like made the old mural look extra cool. Oh yeah, like, mm. surrounded by flames. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a fucking, I don't know, like... Cover 19- of Dio album. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was a 1980s Dio album cover, I swear. Yeah! but i thought it was a good point as well to have lisa be really into it as well that Mm. yeah it wasn't just yeah it was just nelson who everyone thought it was cool yeah it wasn't just an exploitative female form no it was a fucking badass battle uh, woman riding a fucking badass puma it it talks to the passion that jack has for making these things that it leaps off the wall and all that kind of stuff it's not just you know, cool looking. He's also good at it. Yeah, much better than the puma holding the kids' hands and skipping through the flower gardens. Yeah, what, what, what did what did Flanders say? That's sugary even for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love Stupid, that. Stupid sugary Flanders. <laughs> so, how about the heart of this episode? Did you guys feel the bumps? Ah, oh, for Marge, hundred percent. She's really trying here, and yeah. when you know, Jack's first like, "I'm going to tell you honestly, I didn't burn the mural." And it's like, well, I believe you. And she's really trying everything, and it just blows up in her face. And uh, I really like the episode for not making it seem like every ex-con can't be trusted. Just this one in particular is a dirtbag. Yeah. I think he had moments as well. It's that Mm. redeeming quality thing in him that he did have soft moments. And I think the whole... You You can see how she bought it. Yeah, she bought it, but uh, and you could understand why. Mm. And it's also that... You know, he wasn't. It wasn't inherently a bad person. He just mm. did bad things. I think. Yeah, and yeah, still a gifted artist as well. And she probably sees a lot of herself and her gifts sort yeah. of in him as well. And I feel like the episode implied that too. Yeah, exactly. It implied it didn't overly beat you over the head with, "Oh, I just see him as an artist who also never got the chance to flower, just yeah. like I did when I was a teenager." Mm. Yeah, which is good. Subtext. Thank you, Simpsons. But yeah, and her helping the other prisoners as, as well. That's nice, Sir Donagus. But instead of like a stabbing motion, we use a brushing motion. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've just got real sweet Marge on top form in this yeah, episode. Especially like when she's a, uh, well, I wanted to do fresh fruit, but the prison only had <laughs> sauerkraut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> always need some light on it. Just the shadow of prison bars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so bleak. <laughs> Although Jordan's anal corner. Just anal! Like... They gave Jack an airbrush? They'd No way they'd let that kid in the prison. That's a metal thing that could be good at stabbing. Yeah. Well, I, I suppose the Donegas proved you can do that with a paintbrush too, but yeah. When anyway. you're at, hey, when you're in prison, anything could be a knife. Yeah, that's true. If you work hard enough. Yep. Mm, Carrots, okay. newspapers, <laughs> yep. um, lunch trays. A tidy whitey fighty. A snitch's shin bone. <laughs> Dark. <laughs> to use on the same snitch. <laughs> He's on the same snitch, yeah. <laughs> and they said schnitzel. <laughs> I'd be a prison schnitzel. <laughs> That's when you um, deep fry a snitch. <laughs> Ew, I, I don't want to be that anymore. A, a, a schnitzel. Um, yeah, and then when Marge's like, oh, he's going to be released into my care, she was still really sweet about it. Mm, it was unexpected, but, you know, she she embraced it. Yep, as unexpected as getting accidentally choked by the, pri- <laughs> the handcuffs. Like mm. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, and you really feel for Marge where she was just so disappointed at the end. She's mm. doing this cute little ruse with, I've got evidence, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. You have to guess. Oh, is it DNA? <laughs> oh, so it's like DNA. <laughs> now I want to guess. Like, that was yeah. so cute how that whole thing played out. And just there were like microcosms of that earlier on where it was like, oh, it's beautiful. Do you have a title? A time to kill. 
Titles are hard. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you really feel for Marge at the end when, yeah, she does see just Jack just gassing oh, yeah. the shit out of Skinner's car. Up right. I-, I would like to point right. out, though. The car remains white mm. in the next scene, so that's oh. a little bit of a a little bit of an accident there. <laughs> I could see you dancing around saying that it was something like that, so I knew I had to dive into it slowly. <laughs> Jordan's Connor. But ultimately, though, guys, did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? For sure, absolutely. Yep, you got the uh, Homer silly- job that has a wacky nonsense that's a lot of fun. Yeah, Homer being stupid. Mm-hmm. And falling upwards into success as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, Marge just, like, there's not enough Marge episodes. And so, yeah, when we do yeah. get it, it's excellent. But yeah, yeah, we get one that isn't, yeah, about any kind of romantic subplot or nonsense like that. It's just about her trust being betrayed and the sadness of that. Yep. But yes or no, would you watch it again? Absolutely. Of course. For sure. And we're all going to watch it again. Maybe we'll put it in a playlist. What playlist does this belong in? Springfield Prison. Yeah, Springfield Prison episodes. Yeah, Marge as an artist, pair this with like Brush with Greatness where she paints Ringo and all uh, that stuff. Sunday playlist. So there's also the one where it's like, we were wondering how someone who works in an ice cream parlor has such a trim figure. I misjudged you, giant <laughs> Sunday. Or when uh, Lisa's angry at Homer and Lisa's pony and he makes it that giant Sunday. Yep, yep. Sundays. Perfect. On uh, Sunday now. And yeah, we just said before, Homer Jobs, yeah, the brief moment that he was a chiropractor. Well, when Marge gets a job as well, because she knows she does yeah. go up and work in the prison and she has been a police officer, so that's another... That's true, which we covered mm-hmm. last time in episode yeah. 106. Marge being the authority. Yeah. BT, is there anything you'd like to change about this episode? Ooh, I don't think so. I think there's a couple of quick lines like that. Uh, Whoopi would have made it work. You can chuck that. It feels like that was a writer's room joke, like something that the writers got and they thought was funny, but the rest of the world was like, no. Yeah. Other than that, I don't think so. How about you, Cindy? Is there anything you'd like to change? Um, I think the drive off into the sunset was a bit strange. Actually, no. Yeah. yeah. That, that last bit is a bit weak. Mm, talking about they only get basic cable. You know, mm. I didn't think that was necessarily yeah. that was interesting. It... it was just another time filler. Well, also, Wiggum's a cop. Shouldn't he have some idea what prison is like? Well, he doesn't mm. work in the prison. He just sends yeah. people there, I guess. But I like the idea of Wiggum, like, happily chatting as he yeah. drives. Like, that's funny. But I guess the content was just a bit, ah, oh, so I like this show. Oh, we have basic cable. Oh, yeah, right, right. Oh. What about this show? Basic. Like, that was it. Yeah. Mm. It felt like, yeah, them riffing in the studio. And it doesn't always translate. Although the sunset did look pretty. Yeah, it looked the pretty. sunset was pretty, yes. <laughs> yeah, as for what I'd change, look, there were moments of this episode being flat, but I don't really know how to, like, perk any of it up because I really did like how Marge's story built. But I will say just objectively, like, Homer's story was only, like, three scenes and then a hard sudden stop and it didn't really feel resolved but also it was just a the b story yeah. a silly it's little beast wacky little fun yeah fun little diversion mm. that wasn't necessary to wrap it up so like yeah i've got problems but i'm also not at all qualified to fix them this isn't <laughs> this isn't an easy fix there are some episodes where we're like well put out that fire yep and, and don't start maybe, that fire maybe take this garbage fire and uh, throw it in that landfill over there <laughs> yeah that's it yeah Guest stars of the episode. So, do you guys know who played Jack Crowley? Lou Reed. No. <laughs> I'm, uh, no, I don't. Liza Minnelli. <laughs> Liza. He was one of the Batmen. Lou Reed. Will Arnett. <laughs> <laughs> the most recent Batman. No, it was Michael Keaton. Nice. Who was a Batman and a Birdman mm-hmm. and another Birdman. Yep. Vulture. <laughs> I thought he did a good job. It actually didn't really sound like him. Either. No, he, he he 
grizzled his voice up a bit. No, I definitely wouldn't have picked that up at all. No. I, know, I knew it was someone, but I couldn't remember who. There was a lot of gristle in that steak, wasn't yeah. there? Now, let's paint. And Robert Schimmel, Robert Skymel, I don't know how to pronounce his name, and unfortunately he's deceased as well. Uh, he's a comedian that played one of the prisoners. Mm-hmm. And also, of course, Bruce Valanche and Charles Napier was the warden, who is the warden in everything. Yeah, in everything. <laughs> BT, any other notes? Yep. Marge, I appreciate the cookies, but I've seen this warden turn down brownies. Honest to God, brownies. brownies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that about it. It's like, they tried to push you out of business, now you're trying to push me out of business. Think about the irony. Just stop doing it. Not until you think about the irony. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely thought that before. Just... Think about the irony. Yeah. How about you, Cindy? Any other notes? I loved the little limbo out of the garage that, yeah. that showed us that they were chiropractors and like not. investors don't have that kind of flexibility. <laughs> <laughs> so that was quite funny. And we have seen that Marge's cooking is really always very yeah, yeah. involved. You know, he, she greased the wheels with the, of justice with cookies today, but she's also... <laughs> Does the Rice crispy Squares for yeah. the church bake sale. Yep. Oh, yeah. And she that's why they lot. get her out of jail at some point too, remember? Yeah. yeah. That's right. Exactly the Mount Marge's Rice crispy Squares brand. Yeah, she, her baking has really corrupted the prison system, hasn't it? <laughs> it has. <laughs> oh, and she called him a crumb bum too, yeah, so, you no. know, oh, more baking. That is... It feels like that's the worst thing that Marge could call a person, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you crumb bum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she broke out the C word for that one. <laughs> mm. All right, it's time for my final notes. I liked in the opening scene when she Marge does, you know, hit max power, closes up the bed, and you see a red trickle, and it turns out to be his juice box. Yeah, and it does get thrown back to later. It's like, well, just time to hit the hay with a juice box. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really enjoyed that. This guy went to prison for erecting a nativity scene on city property. There's so much evil in the world. <laughs> Very good. Ah, oh, and as a former clown, yeah, me and my fellow clowns <laughs> love the joke of the rodeo clowns. So, is my lipstick even? Do this. Yeah, oh, I love a little bit of drag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I want to see RuPaul's Drag Race clown season. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just go watch any of B- Bianca Del Rio's episodes. Oh. I'm assuming that's a burn. <laughs> <laughs> no, she'd love it. <laughs> we saw Sideshow Bob taped up in the infirmary, mm-hmm. like his full head cast. Yep. And then later on, Marge goes, oh, but I saw Sideshow Bob in the prison. He said he's going to see you real soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Bob. I yeah. like at this point, it's just a joke. It's yeah. not even like gulp. It's like... Oh, Bob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in that scene, they did have the bull horn that was the other way. It had turned around the yeah, wrong way yeah. and they were bandaging the bull Bandaging up. the bull's horn. Yeah. It was oh, nice to see that they that. had they were looking after the bull mm-hmm. after its battle with the fence. I wonder yep. if they were like prison bulls. Yeah. Like, they also erected nativity scenes on city property. <laughs> uh, wrecked up a china shop and so uh, they've got it. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. His painting of Hendrix is also really badass. I'll, I really love oh, yeah. that. And it's a big good. fan of Hendrix. And I can't believe you painted it with pudding. It's um, beautiful, man. Yeah. There was a bad joke, though, where Jack goes, which way is Mecca? Mm-hmm. And, like, Marge was all yeesh. And it's like, uh, no. And but then it, I'm Jewish, lol. Yeah, um, it depends what you hurt. mean by yeesh. Because I think her thing was, I don't know which way Mecca is, because I'm not Muslim, and I think that was the what they were going for. Not a oh no, what kind of foreigner have I let into my house? You know, so context I felt that's what they were going for. Because I've I've always taken that as oh I don't know and I don't know how to tell you and I feel uncomfortable now. Mm. Yeah, I agree. It was a little it was just unnecessary, but I take it more to if someone walked into you know our house and asked where Mecca was, we'd be like. 
Oh, sorry. I have literally no idea. I don't know which way north is. <laughs> <laughs> Let me check my iPhone. <laughs> Siri, which way is Mecca? You know what? The world's a sphere. Just aim in any direction you'll hit it eventually. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I know. Controversial opinion. The world's a sphere, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, these days it is, surprisingly. <laughs> I like how Mo originally submitted a drawing for the school and we didn't see it, but yeah, Skinner just goes, whoever th- thought lovemaking could look like this? <laughs> but with Skinner, that could have been very vanilla still. No, so. I did, but Mo was like, oh, I'll give you a mural. <laughs> Little physical education. Oh, no, it's humor pride. There's probably something also really bad about that. don't think about it too much. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean... That was a, I think it was a good joke of Mo doing something weird that we never see mm. versus in the last episode where it felt like it was leading up to at least something that yeah. it didn't deliver it's on. It's a rare tell don't show moment as well. Yeah. But it is a bit of a promise that Mo does have more talents than just pulling beer because mm. he's yeah. put in a mural and he's also playing some songs in a local bar that's yep. not his own. So, yeah. And now that hidden talents, he doesn't have the, you know, physical pain to focus on, he can use his emotion to fuel his art yeah. as well. There you, you go. go, Mo. You do you. <laughs> well, not all the way. Don't go full Mo. <laughs> <laughs> Never go full Mo. <laughs> it's time to rank this thing. BT started off. Yeah, I have a lot of fun with this one. I think it's got two storylines that, yeah, the chiropractor one doesn't really go anywhere, but you also don't need it to. You get your jokes out of it. I like the storyline. I like that it's consistent. So I am going to silver this one. I have some fun. I have some laughs. Killed some time. All right, and Cindy, there's the scoring sheet if you'd like to have a quick update. Can you even see it from that angle? I can now see it, yes. So I'm thinking that it was definitely a gold. Yep. I love this episode. I could watch mm-hmm. it again and again. And I always pick up something new, I think. Yeah, that's what I like that's about the this best, one. Yeah, best thing about the old episodes is that there is always a line that you've missed, mm-hmm. and I, I love that, and I can definitely see myself watching it again. Yeah. Yeah, this like does feel like one of these sort of classic teens sort of where the crossover really happens. Mm. I mean, having said that, I'm still going to give it a silver. There is it's so good. There's so many quotable moments, but there is just a certain flatness that I just I just can't escape from. But I do absolutely have a lot of fun with this episode. I'm going to watch it again and again. And yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Let's watch it again sometime. Mm. All right, guys. Well, that'll equal a shiny silver all around. This will. There's not many shiny silvers, actually. This will also be joining Monty Can't Buy Me Love, where Mr. Burns steals the Loch Ness Monster. (laughs) Children of a Lesser Claude, where Homer becomes a babysitter after his knee gets all gross. He does Mm -hmm. his ACL. Grifted the Magi? Magi. 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 Yeah. With the Funzo robots. Weekend at Burnsies, where Homer gets into pot. Springfield Up, where it's like a 7-Up documentary, but with Springfield resonance. Mm-hmm. And a hunker hunker Burns in Love, where Mr. Burns falls for Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I mean, who wouldn't? Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. It's time for our classic episode. And, oh, my God, I am just so fucking excited to do this one. BT, what words would you use to describe this episode? You know, I think I could really explain it in maybe two phrases. One is, where's the five? And two is, give me the five. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll be watching Lisa the Iconoclast. Oh my God, I can't wait. We'll be back. And we are back, and we just watched our classic and final episode for the evening. This was Season 7, Episode 16, Lisa the Iconoclast. First released in February of 96, it was directed by Mike B. Anderson and written by Jonathan Collier. In this episode, you all know this one. This is the one where Lisa exposes the truth of Jebediah Springfield, but 
then doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you think? Great fun. Ooh, I'm going to I'm going to be a little bit. Uh, you didn't like it? Scare you? I, I've I th- maybe it's because I've seen this episode so often. It bores yeah. me. Oh wow! Mm. What? Oh, I know. I just threw a spanner in the works. Didn't it, is, I? it is a little more plot heavy, and being a plot heavy one, if you know that plot, it's not quite got the momentum of some of the more joke driven ones. Yeah. Yeah. To me, this is just such a fantastic showcase of Lisa and it all being a story. Mm. Yeah, I sort of get what you're saying with the whole like, total plot thing. But yeah, for me, this is just such an important Lisa episode. There is effectively a B story in Homer being town crier. Like, yeah. It, it, they're splinters from the same cell. It's effectively a B story, but they emerge so quickly and so frequently that, uh, yeah, it's still effectively an A. Yeah. Well, I mean, Homer just really embodies the town cry. Like he's he's Daniel Day Lewising that shit. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> full method. <laughs> the Homer broadcasting system is on the air, all hollering, all the time. All the- <laughs> you will limit yourself to the parade and pre-approved <laughs> events. Okay. And so, yeah, I'm going to jump ahead and say that's the part of the episode that stood out to me was Homer in this town crier thing. Man, he just wanted this job so bad. And, mm. like, he absolutely shined in it when... Oh, yeah. Chooseth Homer Simpson, <laughs> and he shalt rock thy world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chooseth. <laughs> yeah. And the look that when he loses his mm. job... And oh, he's just in the hat, just ringing, just shaking the alarm clock. <laughs> Getting the <laughs> little, little bit of bell that you can get yeah, out of yeah. that. And when he's like, oh, Lisa, I shouldn't have gotten you to get me so worked up about this and sort of gives the, that half smile. And then, and then that just fades. So mm. Everyone puts their head down and yeah. the pan out. There's a little bit of a sadness there. Mm-hmm. To me, that is the opposite of Homer doing the you got the dud face. <laughs> <laughs> the slow spreading smile. Yeah. yeah. The opposite of that is just the slow, sullen, you know, mm. f- head falling down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a smile you can hear. BT, for better or worse, what is a moment from this episode that stands out to you? I mean, God, it's got to be the Simpsons, one of the many Simpsons contributions to the English language. He's embiggered that role with his cromulent performance. <laughs> just even just that opening one, it's like, embiggens. Huh, why have I never heard that word before I came to Springfield? I don't know why. It's a perfectly cromulent word. Yeah. That's just a fucking comedy writing masterclass right there. And to bring it up again later when they have like little throws to it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, oh, it's genius, and like the writers apparently slaved over these words. And yeah, because they sound like it literally sounds like something like, "Ah, oh, I guess that must be a word," and I'm just unaware of it. Well, they've used it in the context very perfectly that you know exactly yeah, what they're made. Exactly, and that's and again with the reprise of the two words, they've used the same context, so you know by this point you know what these words mean. Yeah. So these are words are accepted in dictionary.com at least. Mm-hmm. And I know in Biggins is in the Merriam Webster. Cromulent yes. Crite hasn't made it over, but anyway. In Biggins was written by Simpsons writer Dan Grierney, and Cromulent was by David X. Cohen, who you might know from Futurama mm-hmm. fame. Yeah, it's just a bizarre thing that they've pervaded the English language like this. And yeah, that they did these drops of Embiggins and Cromulent throughout the episode to the point that when I was a kid, I thought that when Skinner said in the parade, this is highly unorthodox, Mm -hmm. I didn't know that was a word. And I thought they were still (laughs) doing that joke. And I don't remember who it was, but I'm pretty sure it was like my parents and like we're watching this episode. I'm like laughing at unorthodox. (laughs) That's ridiculous. And they're like, what? (laughs) You know, what a wacky word. Unorthodox. (laughs) Yeah. Turns out it's a word. (laughs) So the other thing I did want to bring up very quickly is the very first frame of this entire episode is 
Rental Films Presents. It's like, <laughs> given the name of the film company is funny. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Sins? What's a moment from this episode that stands out to you for better or worse? Um, when she goes and visits the Historical Society, I did like his name is Horace Hurlbut. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's something that's kind of a bit of a throwaway joke, and I did enjoy that. And I also, I really like a lot of it. I, I do like a lot of it, and I've written quite a few notes, and I love it when Ralph has a little one-liner and, you know, can you open my milk, mommy? <laughs> so, one of my favourite things. Does that happen Ralph. to you often? You get called mommy. Oh, quite a bit, yeah. <laughs> yep. Do the kids laugh at all the uh, the other kid? No, no, because it's normally in a very, you know, small moment. They just go, mum, oh, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they catch so, themselves. Yeah, they catch themselves on it, so that's all right. right. And I, I also, um, with Horace Hurlbut, when he was talking about Going through the river to save on the bridge tolls. <laughs> <laughs> it was treacherous to life and limb, but it mm. saved on bridge tolls. And their destination was actually New Sodom. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was... <laughs> it just ties into the... Mis- you know. uh, they left Massachusetts after misinterpreting a passage in the Bible. It was actually Maryland. Whatever. Uh, yeah. So they went to Maryland. Like, was there a joke in there that Maryland sounds like something Bible-y? No, no, they left Maryland. So I'm assuming they're leaving Maryland because they misinterpreted a chapter in the Bible. Yeah. And I'd have to reread the parts of Genesis where they mentioned Sodom and Gomorrah to see if there's a bit where it's like, you can misinterpret it. But I kind of feel like there might be. Yeah. Just to add the extra layer of the joke. Mm, definitely something that you don't get as a kid going to New mm. Sodom. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, that is something that stood out to me about this episode as well. There is so many deep cut references in this. Like, the whole, like, exhuming Jebediah Springfield is based on President Zachary Taylor whose body was dug up to do some further investigation yeah. whether or not he got assassinated or not. Oh, neat. Well, we've just had recent ones on other podcasts with Teacher's Pet making um, them mm-hmm. have it to go and All right, yeah. dig up a whole backyard of someone that's lived there for 20 years and didn't know yeah. that there was a possible murder or a possible body in their backyard. So, well, you know. That's the stakes raised. We're going to have to go dig someone up for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if you would like your body dug up, write to Simpsons Index at Twitter. <laughs> I did. There was one thing, actually, that I wanted to bring up. Yeah. When they're talking about all of the things that he used to help mm-hmm. find Springfield, they say it's his hatchet to hack oppression. Then he says, and the chamber pot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what do you think they could use as a line in there oh. if they were going to extend on it? Um, in which he removed the filth of modern life. <laughs> <laughs> Where he, relie- he relieved himself of the stresses that Thing. bore his bowels. Um, <laughs> I thought yeah. it, sort of thought it looked a bit like a cauldron, so I was yeah. thinking maybe like <laughs> where he... Uh, Certainly not a cauldron. <laughs> <laughs> um, where someone mistakenly made him soup or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> but yeah, I just like the whole awkward mm, chamber pot. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously though, I think there's more things that could have been said about that chamber oh, yeah. pot. No, but mm. I, I think I like the awkward silence, especially with like, his fife on which he sounded the sweet note of freedom, the hatchet which he hacked at oppression and his Chamber pot. <laughs> Donald Sutherland as well, guest star of this oh, yeah. episode. He was on fucking fire. Like, and in a very, like, downbeat Donald Sutherland way. Yeah, he's just got a good voice. I just like to hear him read some stuff. Yeah. So an interesting thing, the uh, whole, sounds like you've come down with a case of jebiditis. And- <laughs> just after I got over my Chester A arthritis. You, you had arthritis? <laughs> no. <laughs> so apparently he improvised the you had arthritis line. Because <laughs> <laughs> I really like... Because he's the one who first started with the genitis, yeah. and then he just kind of misinterprets the, <laughs> his own conversation. <laughs> but yeah, it's so delightfully awkward. Mm. Like, and just, at least it's, uh, no, <laughs> like, very cute. All right, so play count. How many times before tonight have you seen this episode? A lot, Cindy? Oh, let's put it in the high 
teens, I reckon. Yeah? Yeah. How about you? The Menis. Yeah, I might have even seen this a hundred times, maybe. Was that like 25 on Canary, uh, 25 <laughs> on Yellow Rod, 25 on Saffron, and 25 on I've Forgotten. Paella. <laughs> Paella. You know, it's actually one of those situations, because I know I VHS taped this from Channel 10. I got a videotape Simpsons compilation, which was like the hidden secrets of Springfield, which had this, the Simpsons X-Files crossover, mm-hmm. and the Homer Badman sexual harassment one. Then, yeah, bought the DVD. So, yeah, I know I've seen this, like, a shameful amount of times. But how about some of the wacky moments of this episode? What were some of the cartoony moments that stood out to you? I really like the transition from flashback to Jebediah Springfield going, and the fools of this town will never know! Ha, 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 back to Lisa. <laughs> yeah, classic writing, your maniacal laughter, and, yeah. Again, it's a lot of ones. We've had not, like, a whole lot of wacky wacky in, in these three. Yeah. But uh, things like when Miss Hoover's hand out the assignment goes i want you to all write essays and the best eight team will be put on display and it's like that will be 18 put out of in 20 file. Yeah. Yeah. yeah on file can we do illustrations <laughs> yeah no, i kind of fuck that up where it's yeah she says there's gonna be 20 essays done and the best 18 will go on file <laughs> for anyone that requests for anyone yeah. that requests so not them. only is it the worst prize imaginable yeah but also there's gonna be 18 two people are just getting kicked out <laughs> Oh, and poor Ralph. Let him do illustrations. He's not going <laughs> to... Oh, yeah. Speaking of, can we get some James Earl Ralph for this in the milk line? Can we do illustrations? <laughs> <laughs> It'd help if I didn't laugh, holding back laughter the whole time through it. Can you open my milk, mummy? <laughs> <laughs> those new to the podcast, and that includes Sins, this is where we have Elliot do his James Earl Jones impression over Ralph Lines. Which oh. <laughs> I fully admit that Danny Rosewell does it better. He can just hit those, I don't know. It's those, like Those really low. It's like three semitones. And I thought like having a bigger barrel chest than him would help me. But no. <laughs> Simba. Anyway, back to this episode. Wackiness. There's a great bit where Betsy Ross runs in with a new American flag. And is all like, I found the white stars you wanted, but I couldn't get any yellow hearts, green clovers, or red balloons. Like the lucky charms. <laughs> oh. Yeah, uh, so well, I'll take it, but I'm not paying for it. (laughs) I just thought that was a joke because, like, then it would just look like a crappy children's art project. But no, it would. But it's also yeah, reference to Lucky Charms. Oh, see, I didn't get that because I have never eaten Lucky Charms. Uh, Uh. They're very sugary. (laughs) Diabetes in a box, hey? Pretty much. You have been to America, though, haven't you? Yeah. But yeah, I just came back from Hawaii recently, and like, they've got a cereal that's just cookies. Yeah, cookie crunch. Yeah. I invented that with tiny teddies. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Tiny teddy cereal? Yeah, tiny teddies and you just put them in a bowl and you cover it with milk and you eat it with a spoon. That actually sounds pretty good. It's amazing. That is genius. I can't get more diabetes, so I may as well go for it. <laughs> uh, the wackiness is, uh, she called me a PC thug. Well, I've been called a greasy thug and it's <laughs> it never stops hurting. So here's what we do. We grease up real good. Yeah. <laughs> just Homer misunderstanding, but like absolutely leaning into it. <laughs> just whatever his plan was involved getting greased up somehow. This is why he gets called a greasy thug, I hope he realises, because he gets greased up and goes bashes things with baseball bats. Mm. But yeah, it's funny in these times as well, like where PC has become such a like I, I don't know, common use word these days, and it wasn't so much back then. No, it was no, and it, only emerging, yeah. I suppose those ideals were always there and Lisa has always been mm-hmm. the Uber feminist. For real. 
Yeah. And like Miss Hoover, like going like. The bitter school teacher that can't get a date because it's not quite eHarmony time. Yeah. Yeah. And, then, and you know what? I work with so many of those. Really? Yeah. That are never going to, never going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that just never found a man that was, you know, quite right because they. That is so sad. They're never going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> I don't Sorry. know what the bigger tragedy is, <laughs> yeah. not having a husband or not listening to I The mean, Simpsons. I don't next. have a husband, but I listen to this podcast and my life is so much richer. <laughs> I'm so glad they passed the plebiscite where people were allowed to listen to The Simpsons index finally. Can't believe we had to go to a vote. We won. <laughs> Say we yes. <laughs> but yeah, just her dead white male bashing. Like, oh my God. Like, what a horrible person. <laughs> yeah, because an eight-year-old wrote an essay, she can't get a husband. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And as far as wackiness goes, yeah, the whole exhuming scene as well. <laughs> they're treating it very seriously. They're being so respectful. Yeah. And then Mr. Uh, then Mr. Wiggum. And then Police Chief Wiggum turns it into a fucking punch and shooty. Oh, why don't you sing a song for us then? <laughs> <laughs> well, why do our meetings always end with digging up a corpse? It's <laughs> such a good line that they just sort of throw away. And it's the town jubilation committee. So mm, yeah. what does that even mean? And then you know they have. Well, a I got something's going to make you a whole lot less jubilant. <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's meetings and mm-hmm. they always end with digging up a corpse. Yeah, jubilant. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting connection there. <laughs> it's still Springfield. All oh, yeah. his bones out of the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Dig up his grave. Smash up that corpse. <laughs> And they're a great bit of kind of wacky because it is a dream where it's like, no, I want to help you, George Washington. <laughs> I want to help you, George Washington. Yeah. Even your dreams are square. I did love her. Don't pick Janie. <laughs> She'll pack the Supreme Court with boys. <laughs> you can just imagine More feminism it. right there. Mm. <laughs> it's interesting how they sort of made wackiness out of a real world thing. The whole George Washington painting, which yeah. was apparently unfinished, but it's they... got a very distinct look. You could buy it for as a tail line. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's just an interesting thing how they, they had, did take a real world thing out of this. And yeah. Also during the fight, George Washington bites Hans Sprungfell's testicles while taking out his uh, dentures. <laughs> oh. His wooden dentures. Yes. <laughs> that happened off screen. I know. It's, no, it's it was on fight. screen. It's oh, on really? Fight. Yeah. Editing Bay LJ here to say that with absolute certainty, you do not actually see Washington clamp the dentures down on Jebediah's balls. I think there was a slight confusion in our conversation here because... You know, you are given every other visual clue to tell you that this is what happened, even though you don't ever see any denture to testicle contact. Anyway, back to the show. You see him grab a pair of dentures. George Washington famously had a mix of wooden and ivory teeth. Is that right? And uh, bites Hans Sprunkfeld on the balls with them. Wait, his teeth was part tree and part elephant tusk? Pretty sure. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that could just be a myth that got mixed up in the truth. Because if you had a silver tongue, then how did you talk and eat and laugh and love? <laughs> <laughs> love Hermes' reaction. He had a tongue made out of silver. Yes, that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> I just love hearing about that shit because, yeah, it's the past was like a really fucked up place to be. And it's mm. like. Hey, we've said it before on this show. The history is a terrible place to live. Yeah. <laughs> now, just on that fight scene quickly as well, every time there's a punch, the screen like flashes white for just a second and it's very effective. Yeah. No, absolutely. That was a very like tense fight moment. I mm-hmm. loved it. It's got the whole. Take that, George. Ah, that was 
Yeah. <laughs> One man fighting <laughs> show here. <laughs> and the other bit of wackiness that I wanted to mention was, yeah, the intro documentary, just how purposefully bad it was. Yeah. Like a boom comes into shot at one point. Yeah. You can clearly tell he's riding mechanical ball just being yeah. pushed by stagehands and then the long <laughs> shot you can see it's a stuntman yeah without the moustache and sideburns <laughs> and the great line of when they see the buffalo and the woman's like it's hideous it's like some kind of land cow <laughs> <laughs> the buffalo was already tame i merely shut it <laughs> uh fantastic so how about some of the hearts in this episode did you guys feel the bumps I mean, you already mentioned Homer's slowly fading smile when he's just trying to ring the alarm clock yeah but uh yeah go on lisa's whole struggle Mm. I think this is a classic episode where Homer has his belief in his daughter because he knows that he's not that smart. Yeah. And he really understands that about himself. And he says, you're always right about this stuff. Yeah. This time I want in on the ground floor. No, that's nice because it's so often she's coming up against Homer in this sort of mm. stuff. And yeah. yeah, he's being so supportive and it's lovely. And he he risks things for her, which yeah. is a very rare Homer thing to see, I think. Yeah. That's the sweet moment for me. Homer believing in her and actually saying, you know, you're normally right about this stuff, yeah. so I'll back you all the way. And yeah. that's something that's very, very rare in, just, in what, Homer's character. And how they establish what Lisa's up against, because even Marge dismisses her, because she's like, everyone knows Jebediah Springfield was a true American hero, end of story. Yeah. And it's like, then that's kind of the attitude of the town. Like, It's not that they necessarily hate the idea, it's that they hate the, having their history challenged. Yeah. Oh, I mean, even Mo. I mean, he's down with most prejudice <laughs> you can name. <laughs> <laughs> The hero phobia is just my god. I love how flippantly he I'm down with most prejudice. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, what a horrible person! But um, he's in every episode that we've done today as well. I noticed. So even the in the smallest hearts, he's he always seems to be hanging. Mo. Yeah, other heart moments. Like it's sort of hard to talk about this episode because it feels like it's all heart, but also not. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's all uncovering the truth. Yeah, which I will say is a weird thing for Hollis Holbart at the end. First of all, he hit the silver tongue in a pretty obvious place, right? And mm. did you notice the silver tongue had weird, like, four connecting yep. parts at the bottom? Yeah. So I thought to myself, does that get, like, connected to the back of your throat no, or something? The, in the diagram, it's be... meant to be connected to the back teeth. Right. But, I mean, it is confusing how it works because, like, if the connectors go, like, in the top and the bottom row, then that blocks, like, the pipe that you need to swallow things. Well, I mean, I think you need to remember that a wizard did it. Oh, God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, so, uh, um, fake silver tongue enthusiast, right in. <laughs> but what do you guys think about them deciding to just keep the myth going? Like, what do you reckon like about them deciding to continue the cover-up? The old beautiful lie kind mm. of thing. Sounds a lot like all of history, really. Mm -hmm. yeah. you know, look at any textbook that you're looking at in public education or generally in education, and it will paint yeah. people that are conquering to look pretty good, yeah. even yeah. if they aren't good people, even if they are a pirate, mm. yeah. most deviant. Yeah, I think if I was to, you know, think about it for a while, my brain could cook up someone that might have <laughs> fit that description. <laughs> oh, I, got, I see what you did there. Yes. <laughs> but no, I think it's a concept that is in a lot of fiction as well, and when it's done well, it's in, like Watchmen. That's entirely the point yeah. of that entire thing. Uh, there's something, what's it called? I think it's called like the Grand High Inquisitor, which is a story about... Jesus actually comes back and the church is like, what are you doing? You are so much better as a myth. If you're an actual person, people aren't going to have anything to look up to. 
Yeah. And so that's whole. There's a, I can't remember what it's called, but it's interesting. And it's, yeah, so I like it as a concept. I think, and it works because there's that great little moment where Lisa's standing on stage and looking at the veterans in military uniform the and all the old lady. little old lady <laughs> and everyone just wearing the pioneer hats and Apu in his waving the flag. And it's all, you know, based on the pride of this one person who may have been a myth, but has driven people to greater heights because of that myth. Yeah. I don't know. It just kind of makes me uneasy, but like I've got to say, they've got to reset back to zero. You can't mm. have this episode where they bring down Jebediah Springfield. It's sort of... It had changed Springfield too much. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. The people that she was looking around at, you know, who obviously got something. That little old lady, she's usually, you know, yelling at people about her candy dishes and <laughs> making Bart pull out thick weeds and shit. Like, Ultimately, though, guys, did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Yes, it did, Kent. Definitely. Yeah, totally. Yes or no, would you watch it again? Yes, I would, Kent. I want to say no. Oh. Because I have seen it that often. It's true. It's not one I'm going to run back to most, not because I dislike it, just because I've got it. Like, I could almost yeah. play it verbatim in my head. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. And I, I kind of agree with you, but, like, objectively, like, someone who hasn't watched that much Simpsons, would you say, you know, you probably should check this one out? Oh, definitely. I think if there's someone that you're trying to introduce to The Simpsons, it's definitely an episode to go towards because it's showing a little bit of that history of the of the town and it's also showing a little bit of a softer side to Homer that you don't get very mm. often. No, mm-hmm. totally. And maybe if we're going to say, hey, someone out there, watch The Simpsons, you might want to put this in a playlist with a few other episodes. What other episodes would go with this one? Parades. Ah, oh, parades. They put it with like the Itchy and Scratchy parade that yeah. leads into Junkie Town and Bumpville. Are we doing like things that, we sh- that would go together in a playlist? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's the one with the bashing of the snakes. Oh, Whacking yeah. Day, yep. Springfield celebrations. Yeah. And Le- like Lisa standing up to the structures of society that she doesn't mm-hmm. agree with. Lisa being a PC thug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Teachers being desperate and needing a drink. Yeah. <laughs> and also, yeah, just solid Lisa episodes. Actually, our friends over at, at Simpsons Brackets on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, who run twice yearly tournaments of like Simpsons episodes, recently for Halloween, they did the Best Tree House of Horror segment. Oh, and wow. The Shinning won that one. Yeah. <laughs> And before that, they did Lisa Needs Brackets, which was a <laughs> all Lisa episode tournament. And yeah, this one was the second place. It was uh, uh, second to Lisa's Pony or Lisa the Beauty Queen. Neither, actually. What? Pass uh, off. Those are amazing episodes. No, nah, some are a four foot two one. The <laughs> tournament. That's Lisa, the cool kids uh, at Flanders Holiday House. Come um, on. Oh, that is a fucking... It's a good episode. That is the episode that you got the dud came from. I know, but it's not better than Lisa the Beauty Queen or Lisa's Pony. No, I don't have the rest of the brackets, but I do have the final four, which was, yeah, Summer of Four Foot Two that won, Lisa the Iconoclast came second, and I Love Lisa and Lisa versus Malibu Stacy came third. We haven't done Malibu Stacy yet on this yeah, I think Malibu Stacy is one of my favourite episodes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. we actually rewatched it recently just yeah. outside of the index. It's, and it's a cracker. Floored. I'm looking forward to that. But no, I'm surprised I Love Lisa made it so far. That's the one where Ralph, I choose you, choose you. And... That's got all the heart in the world. Yeah, I know. Aww. Let's be friends. (laughs) BT, is there anything you'd like to change about this episode? Not particularly, and definitely not structurally. Maybe chuck in a few more classic iconic moments. You know, that old recommendation. Do things better. Just just take what you've got, which is already very nice, and just make it better. You know how you got perfection? Can you improve on it a little? (laughs) No, it's all pretty good. How about you, Sins? They might have been able to extend on her posters. You know, Mm -hmm. she only got to put up one poster and had it ripped down. Mm -hmm. She had a hundred. I'm sure that she would have tried to put them up around a little bit. And I think that they could have 
Maybe works with that a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been nice to see just more than Apu and Mo's reactions to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they would have started, you know, she could have started a lot more anger. Oh, yeah. And the parade could have been a little bit different. Even, well, and then she that, could go I back and re- retract what she said. You if know? they yeah. pushed it too hard, then yeah, maybe when everyone stops listening to her at the parade, they would have been like, don't listen to this girl. We already know what she's going to say. Mm. So maybe that's why they steered away from it because of their ending. But mm. who knows? Maybe yeah. they're just short on time. What I'd like to change... I mean, I'm interested in the version of this story where they expose Jebediah, but also uh, the ending's kind of great also, Mm -hmm. but even though it does sort of leave me a bit weird that... You don't feel embiggened. Yes. (laughs) It's it's perfectly cromulent, but you do not get embiggened. It is highly unorthodox as well. (laughs) Such a nonsense word. Guest stars of this episode. So yeah, of course, Donald Sutherland and Phil fucking Hartman. Oh my goodness. It was only a quick performance as him as Jebediah Springfield in the documentary, but... Mm -hmm. May he rest in peace again. There's three. Well, every episode there's been dead people. Yeah. Yeah, that's a weird thing. The Simpsons are building up a bit of a graveyard now. And yeah, you're on for 30 years. Yeah, yeah, for real. And musical moments as well. There was another post-credits music in this one, and I fucking love this song. Don't know what it is now. Whip them horses, let them wagons yeah. roll, and the people might embiggen America. <sighs> <sighs> yeah, oh, and the yas and Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah we, need, just... we need more songs, just have yah! <laughs> <laughs> just did it. And so instead of like, whoop, whoop, or whatever, it's just yah! Yeah. <laughs> People asking me to put my hands in the air. No. Yeah, no. Don't crack tell, a whip. Tell me to crack a whip. <laughs> <laughs> tell me to bring those doggies home. That kind yeah. of thing. Let's get some Western back in this shit. So, BT, any other notes? Just the old toast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just Homer thinking he's doing it perfectly, but just fucking it up all just the way. throwing every year into I all don't understand hollering all the time. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I don't understand thee, Marge. Um, I do like Apu's term where he's like, Oh, you're as sweet as a pixie, uh, you little pixie, you're the sweetest of sticks that bear your name. Like, oh no, if you put that up, I'll be in as much red hots as the candy that bear that name. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good little turn, as much like just everything to him is uh, convenience store stuff. I'm good with that. Yeah. And uh, my last is something I said on the outro of the last one. One, where's the five? Two, give me the five. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking classic Homer lines right there. Ah, uh, yeah, and the forgery of the emancipation retraction oh man <laughs> when the day that this joke clicked for me yeah i was like oh oh ooh, but haha <laughs> it was also a forgery it's fine yeah oh you know what other jokes i didn't bring up was all the sign gags there's a newspaper that says pray to distract joyless citizenship and uh of course the springfield historical society is where the dead come to life not literally <laughs> i think it was uh yeah, metaphorically. Metaphorically, yeah. yeah in that newspaper thing like yeah homer just trying to decide which who he wants to be in the parade i could be a typhoid carrier or an apprentice <laughs> yeah, well, apprentice for what for my master to decide all right time for my final notes Another indication that Kearney's like 30 years old is mm-hmm. like he was around for Watergate, apparently. Um, and the bicentennial of the nation. No, they were celebrating their bicentennial then. Yeah, but of the Springfield, but oh, not, not right. the nation's bicentennial. Oh, right, right, right. Of course, of course. Those tall ships really lifted the nation's spirit, especially after Watergate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Hollis Hobart is also eating, consuming some interesting things. Chicory is like, a, a, it's a type of coffee or something? It's a type of spice you can put into coffee, specifically found in New Orleans. We had some, it was good. Mm, yeah, Café du Monde, beignets, mm-hmm. yeah, chicory. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And he's also eating Johnny Cakes, which 
uh, like pancakes made out of cornmeal. Oh, here's and it was Johnny cakes. They're good. Not that. No, I haven't had them, but I was thinking, here's Johnny cakes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep, another reference to the shinning. Um, oh, I forgot to mention, Imbigan was actually used before. It was discovered it was used by C.A. Ward uh, oh. um, back in 1884. They had Simpsons fans in 1884? <laughs> wow. Obviously. So it had turned up in text before, but that was like the only instance. Mm. A pirate? That's not the image we want for Long John Silvers. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like Lisa's advice of looking in his shoes. Sometimes when I lose things, I look in my shoes. Yeah. It's one of those Simpsons things where like the other episode, did you check your pocket? It was it was in my pocket. Yeah. I also like how she says it, just like a little kid kind of, sometimes it's in my shoes. Mm, it's that innocent thing again. Yeah. You know, yeah. she's like, well, she's making them dig up a grave, but mm. also... <laughs> I find lost things in my shoes. <laughs> Giving her a bit of innocence back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's so cute in this episode. But, I mean, it doesn't stop a sniper from wanting to pick her off from a <laughs> fucking rooftop. <laughs> I do, like, afterwards it takes a shot anyway. Yeah. Or, like, misfired yeah. or something. I'm assuming it's a misfire. But, but uh, yeah, very weird that Quimby's all the way up there. Yeah, he's like, ah, let's just hear what she has to say. Oh, and also, why during the parade is Hollis Holbart at the Historical Society? Shouldn't? He'd be out, you he know, had to, to sweep. <laughs> There's going to be parade goers afterwards who want more of a taste of history, and they're going to be coming into that historical society, and you need those floors to look their swiftest. <laughs> and hope that they don't want to look under hoop skirts. I mean, who would? <laughs> <laughs> or look too closely at whatever the cowboy shootout was <laughs> that very obviously displayed the silver tongue, which you were just in conjecture anyway. Like, it was a bad place to hide it, Hollis. Anyway. I mean, so- he also still has the confession just in his bin. <laughs> yeah, that he didn't throw away, assumingly, a day at least later. Yep. Like, you know, if you want to get technical on this shit. Yeah, which we do on The Simpsons Occasionally. Index. Getting technical with shit. All right, it's time to rack this thing. Uh, BT, kick it off. I did it last time. Oh, right. Cindy, kick it off. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Elliot, kick it off. I'm giving this a cubic zirconia. I think this episode is just an essential watch. Like We say the difference between golden cubic is... Is it excellent or essential? It's mm. kind of two sides of the same coin. But like, I honestly think that if you hadn't seen many episodes of The Simpsons and to really experience The Simpsons, like this is just such a quintessential Lisa storyline. You know, we're saying it's like her coming up against the town, her sticking up for her beliefs and just bring out the truth, you know. Mm-hmm. And even though she compromises at the end, she does it for her own reasons and her own will. And it's, yeah, full of beautiful moments. BT. I'm a little split on this one because my brains are saying cubic, but my guts are not. So I'm trying to think of it. I think I think you're right, Sins, in the sense that a lot of it has been lost to the many rewatches of it. So bearing that in mind, I am going to go with a cubic on the hopes that you don't. <laughs> so it's a dull cubic overall. I don't want to influence you. That's just my feeling on it. Yeah, if you hadn't watched a lot of The Simpsons, this is a really cleverly plotted, well-paced, still funny episode that after the 58th watch has lost some of that because it is embroiled in mystery. And when you know the solution, you're always going to lose a little something. Yeah. So yeah, I think if we're coming from the approach of someone who has never seen The Simpsons, would this be essential? I would say yes, because it's such a good, such a strong uh, Lisa episode, similar to the way that the Springfield Connection we did last time was such a great Marge episode. Yeah. That's kind of what got me over the line to Cubic for that one. So I think I'm going to apply the same principle here and go with the Cubic. And Cindy? 
I'm going to bring it right down and say a silver. Oh, wow. And the reason for that is that I really believe that there is stronger Lisa episodes mm. to show people. I know, I definitely agree. Um, and I do find that it's a bit laboured in some of the parts for me personally. Mm-hmm. So, Oh, wow. Yep. Controversial. I'm bringing it right down. Yeah, no, Sorry, fair, I'm going to bring no, lower just... your standard a little bit. But I just, yeah, for me it was... I do like it. It's an old classic episode where the things go as you're hoping they'll go for The Simpsons. But for me, the stronger Lisa episodes. Yeah. And you know what else with this one? Lisa normally does as she feels is right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as we've been talking about, she really does like to just go with what is right as far Mm -hmm. as she's concerned. It doesn't really matter. She just kind of doesn't give a crap about what anyone else thinks. And that is generally how she goes in mm-hmm. every part of the story. But this one, she decides to put a hard pass on it. Yeah. And I don't know. I just think that end part isn't very true to what Lisa's character's like either. So for me, yeah, definitely silver, making it though, down to a silver. Feels so low for this episode, though. <laughs> that's where her heart's at, man. What do you want? All right. So averaging out, this will be a shiny gold. This will be joining another season seven episode Team Homer with the pen pals and mm-hmm. the kids' uniforms and all that. And also other shiny golds. The Homer they fall where Homer takes up boxing. The two Nahasapima pedalons where Apu and Manjula get it, are married. Mm-hmm. Wild Barts Can't Be Broken, which we reviewed recently as well with the, um, fuck, what was the movie called? Um, the Bloodening. The Bloodening. <laughs> How could you forget the terror that is the bloodening? We know all your secrets. And two cars in every garage and three eyes on every fish from season two, which mm-hmm. is a oddly relevant episode. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that'll about do it for the Simpsons Index. But before we get out of here, we just like to throw it to our guests and myself. What are you into lately that's outside of the Simpsons? What have you been watching, listening to? TVs, film, music, podcasts. BT, what are you into? So a couple episodes ago, I threw to um, the fact that Netflix were bringing out an adaptation of The Haunting of Hill House. And I said, go read the book because I hadn't watched the series yet. I've now watched the series. It's getting a thumbs up. It is a weird mix of incredibly subtle and incredibly overt. And I kind of hate the overt parts, but the subtle parts are astonishing. The acting is amazing. The directing is really good. It is very different from the book. So definitely go still check that out, especially if you've watched it and were a fan. But yep, go have a watch of that. And also, I was waiting for Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus, to load in. And during that, I went back and played some Super Meat Boy. Super good game. If you're into high-precision platforming and frustrating but brilliant, Super Meat Boy is amazing. Yeah, I'll back that up as well. I've bought that game like three times now on Mm. various consoles. It's great fun. How about you, Cindy? What are you into these days? Oh, well, if you didn't catch it before, I do love me some RuPaul's Drag Race, but that's definitely something that's... uh, a bit old news for anyone listening in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, do love it, and I'm looking forward to the All-Stars season. I would say I watched a couple of episodes of the new Sabrina, and mm. I don't know if I love or hate it yet, so that's definitely something worthy of a watch just for a conversation as mm-hmm. far as I'm concerned. Book-wise, I'm rereading because the new book comes is coming out very, very soon, Throne of Glass series, which is Sarah J. Mass. It's very good. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm rereading it and forgotten a lot of it because I mm-hmm. read it so fast the first time. So have a bit of a reread and hoping that the new one is pretty good too. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Well, I've actually been on a bad luck run lately because really? everything I've been trying to check out is shit. The new season of Kimmy Schmidt is crap. I got two episodes and I gave up. Yeah. Yeah. One. <laughs> <laughs> that for the sexual harassment episode, fucking garbage. Yeah, that was garbage. Fuck, that was. What happened to that show? House of Cards. I don't know what I was expecting, but yeah, the first episode of that was just 
so overt in its yeah, like Claire's president now. What? Well, she was president at the end of last season, yeah. but now they're sort of working around killing off Frank Underwood because spoiler alert: Kevin Spacey's a piece of shit, as it turns out. Like it used to be a show that had really subtle writing, but this is like overt. It isn't society fucking messed up. And like while I'm into those messengers, I, I didn't like the messenger. And also, the new Tenacious D album is fucking garbage. Um, That's sad. I haven't heard that yet. But... It's a meandering mess of awful. Like the dead flower petals of their old better ideas you know mm. are just wafting aimlessly in this latest album i don't, i don't know i think that well, i i haven't listened to it but i feel like a lot of the jack black genius had kind of died mm. quite a while ago anyway you know school of rock was good to watch once mm-hmm. and then i've just found it quite anything that he's done since then quite painful really well, I guess my problem with the album is that, like, uh, Pick a Destiny and the first album, they had such a great sense of who they were as a band. Yeah. These are two guys, two fat guys with acoustic guitars that, like, that's all they're playing, but they're hearing the big fucking rock thing. Yeah. And that's a big problem with this latest album is that they're delving in so many different styles and they they don't have this common goal of the rock anymore. It's mm. And uh, filled with some horrendous German impressions. Anyway. And then the second season of Making a Murderer was just so tediously boring. Like, the first one, like, kept me gripped from episode to episode. What's going to happen next? What's the next twist? This latest season is just their fucking lawyer going to excruciating detail and trying to figure out this crime. And it's just, it's paint drying. And, you know, I've been playing a lot, a lot of Red Dead Redemption lately, but... There's moments in that which are just so goddamn tedious that it's hard for me to recommend. So, fuck it. Bob's Burgers. It's re- <laughs> it's reliable. I don't know if there's an episode of Bob's Burgers that's like a cubic zirconia, but they're all fucking solid silvers or golds, you know? Mm. Yeah. It's a good show. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get on a rant. I've just been on such a bad luck you streak clearly have, man. watching Jeez. shit lately, man. Oh. Did you try and d- watch Disenchantment? Yeah. <laughs> I gave it two episodes and was... Very disheartened. Oh, those are the two best episodes. Oh, well, I'm no, glad that I stopped. Episode eight is the best episode. Oh, yeah, fair oh, enough. Okay. No, it sort of felt very meandering and... Yeah, I think the big problem with that is they knew, A, that they were going to get a full season no matter what, and B, they didn't have to worry about runtimes. So they just let any joke they wanted to go in rather than really kind of fine it down to a very quick, precise, this is everything we want. It's like you watch Good Simpsons and they just flow so quickly and so rapidly and everything is smart and clever and witty and there's not a single wasted moment. And in that, it's just a lot of meandering. It's like, ah, fuck it, we know we've got a whole season because we're on Netflix, so it doesn't matter. And it just, it felt lazy. Mm. It, it didn't have ways. the magic of The Simpsons, even no. though it was a story about magic. It yeah. really did Funny didn't. enough. And yeah, in such like a world that can be so potentially rich like that, yeah. it felt weirdly empty. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't a fan of Disenchantment, but you know, you can hear us on an episode of Pods in the Key of Springfield, where I don't know if we're just drunk or we're having a good day. We're but, having a good day. <laughs> yeah, but we were a lot more up on the series then. <laughs> no, we were all more optimistic. We only watched about the first two episodes, yeah. and like you said, those are definitely two of the best ones. And I think we we're all expecting it to be terrible. Yeah, like we were expecting new era season twenty nine Simpsons level of bad. Yeah, just with a new skin. So it's not that. It's season fourteen, maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you, BT Calloway. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Sins D. Thank you so much for inviting me. And yeah, that's been The Simpsons Index, and that's all the mustard in the house. Thank you for listening to The Simpsons Index podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can chat to us online at facebook.com slash thesimpsonsindex 
or at Simpsons Index on Twitter and Instagram. And now please stay tuned for the bonus scenes. Now, for people who um, aren't aware, which is everyone, I'm going to take that again as well. This is going to be one of those days yeah. <laughs> where I'm going to be mostly editing myself out. And Fair I have to, to sneeze also. Yeah, just, just, just go for it. Bless me. That'll make great bonus content. <laughs> we have deleted scenes at the end of the episode, by the way. Oh, good. <laughs> no, be a, a remix version of you sneezing. Choo, 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 uh, choo, choo, At least choo. it's a cute uh, sneeze. Uh, yep. yep. <laughs> I maintain a sneeze is a lot like a fingerprint. No, no two are the same. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, log in with your Apple phone. <laughs> Sneeze right into the home button. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the future is now. The new Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And like the, the X ray thing. Yeah, that's what I see every time I get my new <laughs> Mortal Kombat ruined my brain. Welcome to Mortal Chiropractic. <laughs> <laughs> Adjust him. Dr. Scorpion will be with you in a moment. <laughs> Yeah, instead of the next patient, it's just, get over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's written in... Come in and see the good, good, good guys. I know, it's in my head too. <laughs> <laughs> well, get your kettles and heaters. Um, it's fun to ride in one, but it, it's got to be a new one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Without all that bin juice coating it. Mm. Filthy, stinky bin juice. <laughs> Only fit enough for a bin chicken to eat. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be bin chicken. <laughs> Do you know? Actually, I didn't know this for ages. Like, because Americans, you know, they have raccoons. We don't have raccoons over here. Yeah. Their name for them is trash pandas. Yeah. <laughs> like how we call Ivis as bin chickens. And now I want like a Nickelodeon cartoon, the trash panda and the bin chicken. Yeah. There's <laughs> a um really fun one page RPG called Crash Pandas where you play as raccoons who are street racing. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to play it. It looks amazing. Um, references to Bob Dylan, or oh, man, that might be just for our podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the Simpsons. No Index. cookies till you finish your Sunday. <laughs> it's hard to do. <laughs> Dylan fans would read into that line way too much. If they yeah. pushed it too hard, then yeah, maybe when everyone stops listening to her at the parade, they would have been like, "Don't listen to this girl. We already know what she's going to say." We also have the question here of, if you could have a sandwich named after you, what would it be? Or failing that, best sandwich? Well, Sandwiches. I don't like salad, so that's yeah. out. No. Because you don't win friends with salad. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, a sandwich. Bear with, when I say sandwich, that is everything that combines some form of bread with some kind of filling. So if you want to stretch this out into a hoagie, grinder, hero, taco, we burrito. burgers. Jaffles. Hot dog. Technically, they all fall under the uh, blanket of sandwich. Mm, blanket of sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The best sandwich slash hot dog I've ever mm-hmm. had is this little place called uh, Taste of Texas. Mm-hmm. And it's called the Lord of the Rings hot dog. Nice. And on it is obviously your hot dog. And it's got nacho cheese and jalapenos and onion rings. Mm. And that's really good. That sounds good. I think it's our first hot dog on the sandwich index. Mm. 